welcome to another episode of the computer game show my name is matt murray i'm here with james farley james how's it going uh, i'm pretty good hang on wait a minute is this interface or computer game show we're doing this is interface oh no this is this is a computer game show this is my bad it better not be interface this is interface <laughs> we got our first guest on interface everyone welcome john uh no yeah john's here and dave's off john how's it going i'm very good and to be fair interface is actually pretty good Ah, thank you. I mean, we haven't recorded in a long time. Um, yeah, Dave isn't here this week. Dave is, well, his words were busy. Uh, I think that's code for he saw my Dark Souls stream and he realizes that I'm the real main one. Um, I mean, huge coincidence. Matt, I've, I've got some questions about that Dark Souls stream. Can I, can I ask Hit you me. now about them? Yeah, why not? You yeah. see, one of the things that surprised me the most about that stream was how well you did. Because genuinely, you did. You did. <laughs> oh no, no, no. You, I think I know where you're going with this. Genuinely, okay. you did really well. Like you, I mean, you did the asylum demon like really quickly. Like you only took like I think it was, was it your second or third attempt. Yeah, it was. I think so. It was pretty quick. Now I know that you like to prepare stuff. Like I know, like <laughs> you were definitely preparing for your stream. Like you know, probably hours in advance of when it went out. You know, you did lots and lots of preparation. What I want to know, Matt, is did you prepare for the start of Dark Souls as well so that you would look stupid? And no. I mean, I mean, you mean I have played that bit before. So but I knew would, what I was did, doing. did you play that bit over the last couple of days or perhaps on, on the Sunday? <laughs> no, God, no. You know, and then delete the yeah. save game so it would look all legit and then you know, go no, back to it. No, but that's a great idea for next time. No, I, did, I, I failed to do it. In fact, I, I, the only thing I did was just you know get the old streaming uh stuff back back out of the loft because i haven't streamed for so long so that's the only thing i did no other no other prep i'm just probably quite a good dark souls player it would seem yeah um oh famous last words in, no, in all <laughs> yeah. seriousness you I did mean, really well matt i was i was yeah, really yeah, but surprised I mean, but the, the, this bit that, that, that i streamed uh i i did that for many hours like when i played it the first time um but it's when i get past the Taurus demon, then I'm going to be in big trouble. But um, we'll probably come to Dark Souls a little bit later, no doubt. Should we go on to follow up? Yep, go ahead. Uh, not much this week, but uh, obviously tomorrow's on last week. Um, and uh, one of the questions we got given uh, was from a guy called The Shend. Uh, when that question was read out, Tamor, uh basically fangailed all over it. And luckily, the two have met now online. Um, the Shen tweeted, This Tamor guy's real taste, computer game pod. I can easily see him being the main one. Uh, to which Tamor uh, responded, I'm honoured to receive this praise from you. And it's basically noticed me senpai. Them two are now very close, I think. So Married? Married, yeah, at, at, at the very least. Uh, I'm going to have to buy a new hat. <laughs> Thomas emails in, Hi guys, you've taken a little bit of stick in recent weeks as things settle down after the departure of Captain Toss, but please don't change. Occasionally you can all be accused of intelligent reason debate. I, I don't think... I don't think we've ever been accused of that, have we? No, I've done But so. please don't make a habit out of it. Most of us here come for the arguments, and we know most of it is tongue-in-cheek and with a glint in the eye. Well, it's funny you should say that, because there's an email later that maybe doesn't quite understand that. Uh, a fourth host helps our dynamics and maybe keep Denton, and keep on a Denton to join. Well, it's, it's funny, funny you should say that. Well, I'm here now. Because he's here. What does he want? <laughs> he wants you to join. He wants you to be a fourth member. Right, well, I'm here now. Awkward. (laughs) (laughs) On another note, I regularly find myself turning into old man Murray, standing at the game section of supermarkets and tutting and muttering under my breath at random pieces and haphazard uh, random prices and haphazard collection of games. I was so outraged I wanted to do something mad like compose a strongly worded email to Tesco's game by if they have one. I've taken now with the idea of rearranging the shelves myself before I leave the store. It's like a public service for gamers. Uh, the issue keeps niggling me. It's now a feature of my main weekly shop and it's all your fault. I mean, 
I have also done that. Um, are you joking? Just because seriously? Well, no, I haven't rearranged things, but I, I, I definitely go there. I mean, every every time I go to Tesco, I think this is an absolute joke. See, I don't even bother going down the games aisle anymore because you know it's it's just going to be kind of depressing. Everything's really expensive, and just I don't know. I just I'm just not bothered. I don't think I'm capable of going to a shop and not going down the games aisle. I don't think it is expensive in the supermarkets. It's the same price as um, online most of the time. Yeah, but they're no, not. I, you... No, I don't know. They're not Tesco and me. They still have like. Oh, I've just last got legit Tesco's near me. <laughs> that's not like last year's one warfare for like 45 quid. Yeah, that's, then, yeah, that's, that's what you often get. For idiots, right? You often get like the good stuff, you know, which is like a kind of a bit of a shock. And then, yeah, you get the stuff that's like last year's games at 50 quid or whatever. But, yeah, it's, it's absolute madness. Um, I mean, I think, like I said on, on the previous show, I just want someone to go in there and, and make it amazing, but it's not going to happen. Uh, it's also amazing. You remember, like back in the day, when we had we definitely mentioned this on the pod before, but when had like Modern Warfare Two, whatever, was like twenty one quid in Sainsbury's. They don't really do it anymore, do they? It feels like Sainsbury's uh, supermarkets have stopped their crazy offers. Yeah, yeah when they were trying to undercut everybody to get yeah. in the store. Yeah, maybe it didn't work. I can't remember the last time I've seen like an offer where it says hey, where everyone's going to Tesco to get a certain game. It feels like that doesn't seem to happen much these days. Yeah, it's all about no, online, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. just the way. Yeah, cool. Uh, that, that's it for follow up. Uh, not much this week. I mean, obviously we had loads of comments about uh, Beyond Two Souls and and Dark Souls and whatnot, but uh, those were those were the other main ones. Uh, if you want to leave us uh, a comment or feedback or anything we've said or done, it's at Computer Game Pod on Twitter or the Computer Game Show at gmail.com. On to news. Okay, so we've got. I mean, we've got four things here. We've got Valkyria Chronicles Four uh, announced for Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. I don't know much about Valkyria Chronicles. I'm hoping one of you do. Uh, I know they're supposed to be good. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I should be a huge fan. It's a Sega tactical role playing game. Oh. I mean, as everyone knows, I'm the world's biggest Sega fan, so <laughs> I, sh- I should be. I should have known. I've heard obviously of it, but um, and I saw loads of people on Twitter going. Going fairly well, I wouldn't say crazy, but they're fairly happy about seeing this announcement. Yeah, people on Twitter go mad about everything, though, don't they? Doesn't matter what it That's is. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so neither you are jazzed about this. Uh, I'm not. It's not that I'm not jazzed. I know that. Um. I don't know if it was the very first Valkyria Chronicles, or certainly one that was on the PS3. People speak very, very highly of, and I've had it, a lot of people recommend it to me. Now, typically, I'm put off by that kind of anime style of the artwork. Like, there's a lot of suspiciously aged girls in very short skirts in those games and I find that stuff uh, it makes me quite nauseous but from what I understand is yeah it's a banging tactical RPG really uh, sort of in a similar mold I think to Fire Emblem in terms of how it deals with characters and you know like loss and death and all that sort of stuff so uh, I can see why people are pumped but uh, you're right James people just get fired up for everything and they forget about what they have right now have you I mean do you are you a fan of the Fire Emblem series, John? Uh, I played uh, the the one on the 3DS, the first one that came out on the 3DS. I've uh, they've got all Awakening, there's been so yeah. many yeah Awakening yeah I played that um, for review for Games TM whenever that came out and I loved it absolutely loved it so I'm pumped yeah. for um, that's the only one I've played uh, apart from the phone one but I'm See, definitely pumped thing. for the proper one to come out on Switch. See, I'm, I'm, that's the thing. You see, I, I would say that I'm a Fire Emblem fan, but only because I played Awakening and it was brilliant. But I don't really know if any of the others are, are as good. Well, um, I hear that the other one's supposed to be brilliant, the other 3DS one. Forgive mm-hmm. me for forgetting all the names. Yeah, because they, they did that whole weird thing, didn't they, where they released it sort of not in pieces, but there was like two versions. And yeah, and to... they, yeah, they folded into each other or something and yeah. different camp. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was all very, very confusing. It got a bit complicated and it was 
towards the end of well, I wouldn't say the end of the 3DS Lite because it's still going, but mm. you know, it's uh, yeah, wasn't so bothered. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to play my first proper Fire Emblem game uh, if and when that happens. I'm 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 fully back involved in the mobile game. Really? Um, yeah, because I, I stopped playing that when I had my when I was in between phones and I had some shitty old iPhone. I it, it couldn't fit that 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 game on the actual device. Um, but that was one of the first few apps I downloaded for my new one, and it's good to be back. Did you? I can't believe did you I'm restore all your purchases. You know that you've made. Uh, yeah. Yes. You can. No. Because uh, I what. Well, it, I would have had I not had I not used them all. Um, but I wish that game and loads of I wish games like that had like a um, like a, a counter, like a timer on it, to just so I can know how many hours I've actually put in. Because I might have opened it every single day and sometimes played for hours and hours, other times played for like five minutes. But it's really hard to gauge how long I've actually been playing Fire Emblem Heroes for. Too long. See, see the thing, the thing <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it. about this, Matt, and I still don't understand this, is what kind of level of enjoyment you're getting out of it for that amount of time because. It's not like very deep at all. Like, it's no, it, it it's it. Well, I obviously log in. I, I get my daily, you know, uh, orbs and and, and this that, and the other. Uh, and then I just play a few rounds to to complete some daily quests, and then I wait for the next day and and the next quest. Or, or if there's like special banners, special um, special events, I go in there as well. Um, like the, 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 they just announced this huge patch that's come. I think it's dropping towards the end of November, actually. So next week or so, uh, they also announced book two, which is basically year two or second series, second loads of campaign stuff, which is coming soon. They're announcing new banner where an eight, there's an eight percent chance to get a five star instead of just uh, what are you talking about. <laughs> <laughs> It, basically, it, it, yeah, I'm very excited. It, me and all the rest of the nerds on the uh, Fire Emblem Heroes subreddit are saving their orbs like crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I can't believe I'm still playing it. But were, I am. were you not a fan, John, of the, the mobile game? Uh, to be fair, I actually quite enjoyed the uh, sort of day or two I played it for, and then that was enough. Um, I've got nothing against the game necessarily, but mm-hmm. I, I, I just Matt lost me there completely. I felt like I was going into some sort of weird abyss. Eight <laughs> percent chance of getting a five star character, John. Come on. Okay, no? mate. Well, I'm happy for okay. you. That's that, that's what counts, right? It's going to be huge. Uh, someone take my credit card away from me in that week. Uh, next bit of news, James. Well, speaking of more mobile games, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is out on Wednesday. Um, which no, will you be... must be just about this. Um, I am and I'm not. It's... Um... See, again, I don't want to play the whole, like, you know, I'm negative about everything thing, but I did play a little bit of this, and... My, it's kind of it's brought into you know the main thing with it that has concerned me is the microtransaction aspect, and it does seem to be a major part of the game. But I don't want to judge it until I've um, played a, a bit more of it. It's. Um, I mean, have you read any um, reviews or uh, I mean, or previews or stuff that Pua played in from the Australian version? Yeah, you see, the initial previews were good. Like a lot of people were saying that it was that it was very good, but then there was a bit of a backlash. It seemed about a week later of people saying, "Oh, it's just microtransactions." And there was even that picture that was going around of Tom Nook in a bath full of money. You know, was the uh, was the thing. <laughs> Which, uh, um, so what 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 exactly do you? I mean, I know the game's not properly out yet, but I'm sure you've read about it. But what what. What can you buy with real, with real money in the game? Well, you buy... Actually, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, I've, I've just read this piece, actually. Basically, sure. it says um, it's free to play. And the microtransactions are that you buy leaf tickets, That's which one, you yeah. buy from Tom Nook, mm-hmm. to speed up crafting or building projects. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's, anyway, it's basically... This... I mean, it's it's adding all of those sort of mechanics of, you know, like the time... It's time management stuff they've, they've added to it all, which is um, kind of annoying. 
It's, uh, I mean, it's it's absolutely not like an Animal Crossing game from what I played from it in terms of you know like a 3DS game or or like one of the Wii games. It's um, it really feels like a like an advert really for those, which I guess is kind of what it's supposed to be. But I mean, if I mean if this does blow up, then I'm sure that that's a, that's everything Nintendo need to say. Look, people want a proper Animal Crossing game. Well, you'd hope so, but then do you, do you not think all these mobile pla- mobile versions of the games are just to get people, you know, uh, ingratiated and and put in, in these various game series, and then to get enough buzz to to push for a, a full console release? I mean, I think that was initially the plan, but it depends on if like the microtransaction stuff, unless it, there's like a backlash like there has been with other games. <laughs> yeah, if you ask me, I don't think Mario Odyssey would have done anything if it wasn't for Super Mario Run. I think that that, <laughs> that mobile game pushed it. I mean, it wouldn't have, people wouldn't have been bothered, would they? I don't it's know. It still it all helps build a bit of hype, doesn't it? You know, for like you know Mario's back and everything. Nah, uh, I was joking, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's a shame that I think Nintendo announced every week about the fact that Mario Run just has didn't do what it needed to do in terms of sales figures. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've never learned not 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 to charge eight quid for a game, but now they're they're just going to get it all through microtransactions. I mean, I know Fire Emblem's still going crazy in terms of revenue because uh, people are desperate for those uh, those those uh, those characters. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, next bit of news, uh, and then also Nintendo and Universal are in talks for an animated Mario Brothers film. <laughs> yeah, sadly, um, it, this is from the same studio who did Minions and Sing and some and some other kids' films. See, what I was hoping with this is that we get Bob Hoskins to do the voice, but obviously he's no longer with us, which is kind of a shame, you know, because there could have been a nice but sort of callback. Surely it's animated, so it's Charles Martin, surely. Yeah, but can you imagine that voice for the entire film? But but, but what other voice do you want Mario to have? I don't know. No voice, ideally. I mean, it's <laughs> I all... can it... do that for 90 minutes. Exactly. Like, can you imagine the woohoo and all that something for like... <laughs> For like ninety minutes or an hour, it'd be it'd be interminable. It'd be terrible. Has there been a Mario game where Mario's actually talked? Um, not really. They usually, I mean, in in the Mario RPG games, they always have like sort of, you know, sort of how do you put it? Like you know, like in Mario Odyssey, it's similar. They use that sort of like you know fake language, and they do that in yeah, the, yeah. those games. But apart from the odd like Mamma Mia and things like that, and it's it's, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of good impressions there, James. Maybe you should yeah. just you should you should be up for the role. Surely. Definitely audition. I could definitely do. I mean, understudy would be fine. I mean, I can only do Mario. Yeah, I can't do any other characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to do them all. Go along for it. They got budget. Yeah, but yeah. That's... I mean, is this something you're, you're psyched for, John? Yeah, why not? I mean, those the, that studio produces decent kids movies. Don't I mean? You know, as parents, we have to watch these things thirty, forty yeah, times. I, I, yeah, I don't mind Sing. Sing was alright. Sing, I saw in the cinema, uh, and again another uh, approximately two hundred times at home. Now it's on Sky. Um, it was fine, and like Minions, I can deal with. The, it was alright. So yeah, yeah I mean, fine. why not? I'm not gonna like lose myself in excitement, but the kids will love it, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to watch it. If they can was... capture the like true essence of Nintendo and the humor and everything, then it could be really good. And mm-hmm. if not, still, I mean, do you reckon it's the right? sort of thing? Do you reckon this film will be one of the ones a bit like, say, the Toy Story series, where kids love it, but there's also some nods to adult humor? Or do you reckon it'll to- be totally straight down line and make it pure kids? I hope not. I hope that it doesn't do the adult humor because but Toy Story didn't do like that. that but it's not I hate adult that humor, type of. I know what you mean. I know. I know. You know that type of thing that's like. It's for kids, but there's like a pantomime, but there's like 
horrible like innuendo, innuendo jokes for the parents <laughs> and it's just like oh mate please <laughs> killing me um so i can't hack stuff like that uh it doesn't offend me it's just it only offends my like comedic sensibility mm. but um i think i mean those games like mario is funny though like mario mm. odyssey is a very funny game so and that that humor is completely universal from like yeah. i find it funny and my kids find it funny and almost almost the same thing so if they can capture that then um then amazing so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm obviously gonna have to go and see it regardless. So yeah, I'll be there. I just don't want these yeah, sort I'll... of like double entendres and Mario going, oh, pardon, and things like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Nobody needs to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite interested to see what they do. I mean, and the fact, when they say animated, I mean when I think animated, I think 2D, but. It'll be like a Toy Story style animation one, surely. It'll be like <laughs> their other movies, right? Yeah, that very crisp, oh, yeah, 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 guess, clean three yeah. D CG. Yeah, yeah. Well, they could they could return to to Dinosaur Land from the Mario World uh, cartoon. Mm-hmm. That was uh, yeah, that was terrible. Was, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's. I mean, I, 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 they obviously don't see when. They don't actually say when. In fact, is this story even confirmed? This is actually a report from the Wall Street Journal that said they they claim Nintendo of Universal are close to signing for a deal um, for this film. So obviously, nothing's confirmed, but. I'd imagine Hell, also, it, though, they're going to be... A, I, I bet Nintendo this time will be a bit more hands-on than they were with the, the last Mario Brothers film. So yeah, what, what's the history so. of that one with Bob Hoskins? What, they just gave him the license and that was it? Yeah, and then they just made the film and it was... Um, yeah, I mean, I went... I actually, I went back and saw that film about, about a year ago and I was actually... I watched it with my wife um, because I was like, oh, it's, it's a Mario Brothers film. I remember this. Do you want to have a look? She, she's like, James, I want to watch a notebook. No, we're watching Super Mario Bros. <laughs> yeah, we're watching Super Mario Bros. And we, we watched about half of it and then we switched it off because she was just like, what? This is complete. It makes no sense at all. It's completely nonsensical. It was... Um, I don't think I've actually seen it. Have you not? No. I don't, th- I don't think so. I mean, I obviously remember like... I'm, I remember knowing about it and like shots, but I don't believe I've actually seen the film. Well, you're going to get bullied on Twitter for the rest of your life until you watch it now. So yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Well, I, oh no. Oh no. You, you <laughs> should see it, Matt. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite something like, you know, from, from what it was. It's because uh, yeah. I, I remember on, uh, on audiobook I listened to of the, um, do you know the, the console wars one? Did, did you either oh, yeah, listen yeah. to that? Yeah, yeah I listened talk- to a bit of that. Yeah. They were talking about how <laughs> like Nintendo seems to be making this decision of like, you know, it's too late. We can't just bury it. We'll just sort of release it, like sort of minimal release and just try and forget about it. And just, you know, it, it didn't happen. And uh, yeah, it was pretty terrible. Really? But the, 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 that was one of the sources from that audio book. That's what they said. Like, yeah, Nintendo they, was trying they were to talking about like, how they could um, get over it. And, and I mean, they said one of the funniest bits in the book was when they talked about how... Yeah, the, they had to go to see the film with Miyamoto, like in New York, and they went to like watch it. And you're sitting there and just thinking, what's he, what on earth does he think of this? Like his creations <laughs> and what they've done to it. It's uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. And he just came out and was very polite and was just like, oh, it's a uh, interesting, yeah, interesting take. Yeah, I bet it's absolutely <laughs> devastating. <laughs> Livid. Um, speaking of absolute devastation, EA. Microtransactions, let's do it, James. Yeah, so they've switched off Battlefront 2's microtransactions. Uh, micro? Microtransactions. There's <laughs> a character in that, James. I'm happy to pay money for microtransactions. It's <laughs> actually got microtransactions. Yeah, so they've switched off the microtransactions for now. So this is not like a permanent thing. Um, they basically said they're going to try and sort of rebalance the whole thing and try and figure out how to reintegrate them. I'm not sure how that's going to work because it seems that the whole game was built on these from the beginning, so... I don't know how what this has done to the economy of the game. I've no idea, but um, yeah, they're gone for the moment because of the. I negative mean, it seems backlash. like this this game is just fucked, isn't it? Like, 
Uh, well, maybe it's just it, the vocal minority mm-hmm. on, but you know, even on Reddit after like the initial thing we talked about last week, where you know the, the developer had a comment and it was like the most downvoted comment in history. Even now, I mean, I haven't checked today, but over the last week, if you if I was scrolling in my Reddit app or like the top top posts around all of Reddit, most of them were like EA related. It doesn't matter if they were like reaction gifts or gaming or what. They were all like all these like gifts which had like tens tens of thousands of upvotes were all ea related like it feels like reddit is just so anti-ea mm. um and, and so much of you know if ea and this game particularly it seems like an absolute joke it'd, it'd be fascinating to see what is what sales figures are like because i'm sure it's still be bananas uh, yeah i'm sure it's Star it'll Wars. still sell really well i mean I, I was watching like jim sterling did like a sort of a you know sort of small not review but you know he doesn't do those but he showed like the the problems that the game has aside from the microtransactions, the the sort of the bugginess of it, and he showed this whole sequence where he was in a Tie Fighter, which he called the Tiebreaker after a while because it just kept on like vibrating and shaking, and you know like it was impossible to like you know to like shoot anything or anything because of the um because of the problems with glitches. It's um yeah. I mean, I played a couple of. I guess we'll talk about in like in what you're playing, but I played a bit of it and it it was fine, but. The fact that they can just turn... Also, they said just turn this transactions off, which is fine, but that still isn't changing the actual progress of the game. So it just means you can't buy your way um, through it, but you'll still have to like, grind multiple hours to get characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then oh, no. there was that whole thing about how, you know, they said that Disney was not happy about it and how it was sort of tarnishing the brand. But then somebody else came out and said, oh, actually, it was Disney's idea. And, you know, this it's, it's all very sort of, like, confusing as to what's going on. It's... Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you got any thoughts on this, John? Um, only when I mean, I'm going to. It's, it's the first game I'm going to talk about um, when we when we talk about what we've been playing. So I'll kind well, of we, go. We might as well get into that now. All right. Let's, well, let's we sort of it. roll straight in. Okay. So um, what I wanted to kind of focus on is what's happening in the game outside of all that stuff. But mm-hmm. to give a quick like quick opinion on it, obviously I don't think they had a choice in this situation. They they went way too far with trying to introduce it's it's baffling to be honest if you sit down i sat down i played about um maybe an hour and a half of, of battlefront with people last night and it was decent it was fun and i'll talk about why in a minute and then all three of us were like oh, we'll, let's try and really wrap our heads around what we're seeing here and this is with the microtransactions turned off and the progression system is just utterly baffling. It's rem- it reminds me of Destiny One. You know when we used to sit there, Matt, and talk and try and figure all of those currencies and all the yeah, different things out. Yeah, all the out, systems. Like, yeah, uh, and, and we'd we'd have to consult you and what everything meant and what to do. It, it's almost to that level of confusion. And that I sounds quite good actually. Yeah, to be honest, after thirty minutes of studying, I was like, well, I, I don't mind this now. <laughs> but it, it, uh, until I got to that point, it, it was utterly baffling. So if people want to know what it actually is, because there's obviously been loads of talk about buy to win and all this sort of stuff, and that's fair. And like, I, I don't understand why they did it like this. Basically, everything is tied into to the loot boxes. Every single bit of progression is tied into the loot boxes. Now, what I think a lot of people don't know is that typically after maybe one. Two most games uh, on Galactic Assault, all the different modes in the game, you get earn enough in-game currency to buy a loot box, uh, get some stuff. Um, some of that will be a different currency, which you can use to craft uh, cards, which are basically like perks for your different classes. I, I'm confusing myself already here. And uh, some cosmetics, uh, different emotes, different poses, winning poses, all that sort of crap. And then uh, some actual like hero cards, where basically in the game you can once you get a certain amount of x 
when you play in a match on Battlefront, you earn battle points uh, for doing stuff in game, playing well, whatever, whatever. That that's something that we see in other games. Get a certain amount, and then you can spawn in like a hero, or you can spawn in uh, like a Tie Fighter, stuff like that. So that's how that works. But you can only unlock certain ones of the heroes once you get them out of this loot box. It's fucking hell. It's absolute madness. <laughs> I mean, it really is absolute madness. Uh, but once I got my head around it, I was like, okay, I can start to build my characters how I want and. Um, whether the microtransactions were on or not wasn't ever really going to bother me at that point, I don't think, because it felt like even though there's people in game, there's people in game with like really strong cards on their characters, but it just feel like they've played it for ages and maybe they did buy their way to win, but I don't know. I don't think it would actually massively disrupt the balance of the game that much, but it's going to take a while of people playing and the microtransactions to be on to see how disruptive actually is but the problem is it's so fucking baffling and confusing that they just set themselves up to fail straight away because you just look at it and go this makes no sense it's so confusing that i don't see how it even makes someone a gambling addict because i don't know what i'm getting i'm opening loot crates and i don't even understand what i'm getting mm. um it's, <laughs> yeah. but i do now like i said i'd spent all this time studying it but so they really, really set themselves up to fail. Uh, loads of missteps. Then that terrible Reddit comment. Then there was the stuff about the death threats. But then it turns out that guy didn't even maybe work for it. Yeah, did you see oh, all that yeah, story? Yeah, we didn't cover that in the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was absolutely fascinating. Was it Jason from, was it Kotaku? Yeah, Jason yeah, Shire, yeah. He did some research. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. yeah, he did a fascinating story where he basically tried to get in contact with that guy and then looked at that guy's previous tweets and trying to find him on LinkedIn. And it turns out that guy didn't even work for EA. Yeah, or he just said he did. So it's, it's just some weird EA catfish. But, yeah. but, but, but right. you know, the actual developers have received death threats, and you know, yeah. death threats is always in inverted commas because, like, I want you to die of cancer or something. Someone says on Twitter, classes as a death threat, but it's actually just some loud person being awful. But at the same time, it can escalate up to awful stuff, and nobody's uh, nobody's condoning that. But bottom line is, they 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 fucking stoke the fire of the idiots out there, and uh, unfortunately that obscures everything else because rightly or wrongly and you know in a lot of cases with this game probably rightly in terms of the stuff that's in there the insidious stuff with the money and just the baffling progression system um it does raise that ire and then once once you kick that hornet's nest there's no real way of uh, of shutting it off which is a shame because what i've played of the actual multiplayer of this game i haven't really seen that much glitchiness uh it's an incredibly good looking running on xbox one x in 4k hdr um sort of semi-battlefield more so than the first battlefront uh shooter that is maybe not the the most compelling shooter of all time uh in terms of online multiplayer but really really enjoyable um when it's working well now it's, it's going to take me more time to work out if the map design's brilliant some of it seems a bit choke pointy and some of them um whether the the big galactic uh what's it called galactic i've, I've already said it on galactic this assault yeah, the main basically is like Rush basically from Battlefield, where how balanced that mode is between the two teams. That's going to take time, but that to me is the interesting stuff to discuss in a game, not boxes and all that bollocks. But they yeah. they put themselves in a position that it's so integral to how the game works. They basically they they put themselves in that position that 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 becomes all anyone's ever going to talk about because you need to spend thirty forty minutes of understanding stuff even just to play it. Anyway. That yeah. I mean, the comparison with Destiny sounds really interesting because that that was one of the problems I had with Destiny when I came to it because I came to it a bit later because I've been living abroad and then I I got it and I I found it really baffling to begin with like when I first started playing that game the the amount of things that there are to sort of collect 
there was all like the grimoire cards and all that kind mm. of thing. I, I, and I, I just didn't feel like I wanted to sit down and try and understand how the whole system worked. And I, it kind of passed me by because of that. Which is destiny is uh, more yeah, confusing. Uh, the first, the first destiny, and also seemingly from my perception, this is purely from my perception uh, of both games, does a better job. This is a nasty thing to say. A better job of kind of tickling those. Uh, those nerves that people who have like addictive and sort of gambling centric personalities uh, are attracted to. I think destiny does a better job of that. Better is not the right word or worse. Do you know what I mean? Like an, mm-hmm. yeah, a yeah. more effective job than battlefront because battlefront two wants to do that, but it's fucked it up because it's done it so badly in it, my opinion. It'll be really interesting to see what happens like going forward with, with the next, with other EA games, because presumably they've, you know they they must have shifted to this I presume for most of their games towards this sort of like loot rate loot rate possession uh, progression possession progression. What's going to yeah. happen now? Like after this backlash, I mean, are they are they already going to start stripping this out? Or they're going to have to have a serious rethink, I think, because this is, this is massively it, hurting their brand. And I've, yeah. I've I've heard on other podcasts people going, oh, they don't care about all this stuff. They don't care about the negativity. or they care about the bottom line. And it's like fine, but. Your bottom line's fucked if your brand's destroyed. I mean, yeah. no, that's just basic. I mean, it's already happened, actually. Uh, there's a news story today on Eurogamer saying that um, EA have actually changed the need for speed payback loot crates and progression to make them more generous. Yeah, so I they're mean, already yeah. maybe trying to get... I mean, um, need for speed payback has, was, has been out for like a week longer, but clearly it hasn't reset the world light. So maybe this... Our loot box stuff has sort of fallen by the wayside while everyone well, people was caught, people caught wind of it beforehand as well and like you know mm-hmm. um, oh, okay so 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 unfortunately they, they, they put themselves in this position where you basically you put a game out with that in and the public catches wind of it i mean it's in assassin's creed origins but nobody's really bothered by that because it's mm-hmm. not it's kind of in the background and it's there for people like it used to be do you know what i mean because this stuff's been yeah, around yeah. for a long time um, and similar sort of iterations of it. And I promised myself I would talk about the actual game and not the loot boxes. So this is the last <laughs> thing I'll say on this before I actually talk about Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, but in a game like Assassin's Creed's got away with it. And, you know, whereas a game like Shadow of War, where it's not that dissimilar, but is far more in your face, that got killed online by, you know, the fire, you know, the hornets that we just talked about. So... It, 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 it's, it's so much a matter of perception as well as integration and I think we're just going to have to look at it case by case from here out but the annoying thing is the most fucking frustrating thing is as someone who's been talking and trying to be passionate about this subject for so many years this is obscuring the interesting stuff which is the games and the mechanics and the, all that sort of stuff and you know like I've had games on Battlefront 2 uh, whether it's in the deathmatch or that Galactic Assault or even the uh, just the heroes mode where it's 4 v 4 heroes and it's almost touches on being something like for honor because you're like very aware of the different um like type of hero that you're you're playing against like oh shit here comes kylo ren and he's got these abilities blah 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 blah. there are moments where the game is brilliant like i say it looks absolutely phenomenal on yeah, xbox one x like it, it looks like the type of videos that we used to you remember like they put an e3 video and it looks amazing but you go yeah but that's running on like the most high-end pc what's it actually going to look like on my console but this is like no that this actually looks like that. Um, like the, the the graphical presentation is is truly phenomenal, and like I say, some of those matches have been it's thrilling. Like the the feel of the guns is way better than it is in the first game. Still laser guns and everything, and they have a new kind of active reload system. Thinking about it, there was an active reload system in the first game, but it, it's just generally better. Even like the the travel the travel of the beams is faster, so you're not having that drop off like in in the same way um, that you did in the first game. 
And we've had these great matches on the Galactic Assault where you're getting that back and forth at the same way that you do in a great rush match on Battlefield. You're having those bits where you're fighting for the point and then we're, we're playing on a team on voice comms and it's like, right, I've got enough points to, to bring in because you can bring in, um, like, say you're on the Rebel side, you've got the main heroes, the Luke Skywalker's, Yoda's and stuff like that and then there's a slightly level below that and so you can bring in a Wookiee. And it was like, we're going to bring in a Wookiee. And uh, like, and, obviously, like and then the other team's like, fuck, they got a Wookiee. And honestly, <laughs> immediately I was like, Jesus, this is really, really good. And then some matches just felt like a bit choke pointy and you felt like you couldn't do anything. There weren't enough routes through, through the map, stuff like that. So that's the thing that I want to spend more time with the game to figure out whether the game's actually any good. And like I said, unfortunately, it's been obscured. But my opinion so far is that DICE has created a really stunning and compelling multiplayer shooter using their own pedigree is very familiar to players of battlefield more so than i think the first battlefront which never quite got to that level never quite got to that scale never quite got to that feeling of back and forth in the yeah, same it way it feels much more like a a battlefield of a star wars skin whereas the first one felt like a, a much more dumbed down yeah bat- yeah i'd agree um, with that yeah you couldn't accuse this game of being dumbed down you need a fucking degree to understand no. any of it i, I i've played um I did actually have one more question about the microtransactions, but it's not really... <laughs> okay, just one... Okay, I'll talk about the game because I played uh, the single-player campaign, or it's a bit of it. Like, do you think... And not CA, but do you think generally this is like a, a bit of a moment in the industry where people think, okay, clearly this is as far as we can go with this sort of stuff because there's been, you know... Because everyone's kicking off. This is definitely the turning point. Do you reckon this is? Do you reckon... It's happened quickly, and I think it's because it's in... It, 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 it's been so maddeningly implemented. Uh, they absolutely screwed the pooch to use that weird phrase with that reddit post the most downvoted one ever whoever approved that i guess it wasn't approved fucking madness from like a pr corporate point of view and it's the biggest property right it's it's star wars so you you've you're bringing in all of that noise all of that bluster all of that fan base so yeah i think this is this is a turning point they're not going anywhere these things these boxes they're they're, they're going to be around but this is definitely a turning point they're going to spend a lot more time trying to figure out how to do this a mm-hmm. bit more, you know, like less, uh, less sort of egregiously than it than it was. In I there. just think of like games now in development, like maybe very early on in development. Like, okay, okay, well, this game will definitely be, you know, driven and punctuated by transactions like that. This and I wonder if they're thinking, okay, we need to scrap them and we need to totally change them because this is just feels like it's a cloud over the industry. Like everyone's like, oh, I was just sick of, I was sick of I hearing think- about on podcasts like ours, but also like you know. We can't. People can't say to piss at this again. Although they haven't said that, Star Wars is going to sell. Battlefront Two is going to sell a shitload. So I'm not even sure people are like, well, it's affected game sales. It might have affected sentiment, but maybe it's just a vocal minority. Uh, yeah, I mean, I so think if you've say. got a new game coming out, like you said, it's in development, and you were thinking, well, yeah, well, let's get these loot boxes in there, and then you know that can sustain us. I think maybe like a high like executive level, you're like. I think we should pull them. I think we should pull them. I don't think we should have them in the game right now. Where, but then, then you got the other side of it. I, I put out that fuck it. I'm talking about this stuff again. Fuck it. I put out that poll on Twitter. I don't know. I'm sure people who are listening to this saw it because it ended up with um, three thousand votes. Uh, basically, like, do you want games to be more expensive? It was a slightly leading poll, I have to say, it, um, but it did it for a reason. Do you want games to be more expensive? Do you want to pay for loot boxes or have other people pay for loot boxes? And originally, when I wrote the poll, it just said, do you want other people to pay for loot boxes? And I, then I thought that that's too leading, so I put you or other people, and then there was um, some other stuff like lower budgets and things like that, and most people voted for they'd pay more or, or game budgets to be lower. 
but is that actually practical? That's very nice to say that on Twitter, but if suddenly yeah, games jump no from 60 to 80... Get lower. It's not practical because they want to make... Because they've seen how this you know, how this system can make huge amounts of money for yeah. them. And that's why they're not going anywhere Like in the long term. They're going to figure out how to refine this so that it's less upsetting to people, but they're absolutely going to want to persist with it mm. because it's just printing money. You know, and like, here's, it, here, it, here's the devil question, right? Here's the real like evil question. The thing that I say to myself is like, are you happy as a person to just sit there and let those other people pay for your games for you? Let those other people pay for that DLC for you, those new maps that used to cost money on a season pass that are suddenly free now because there's like cosmetic microtransactions. Like I paid for Overwatch once. I bought the game, loved it, still love it. It's an excellent game. I know that other people are out there spending money and I'm just sitting there and they're paying for my game for me. They're paying for the servers. They're paying for you know everything for me. And it's fucking dirty to say it, but it's just the truth, right? Why would I get angry? These people are paying for the game for me, and it's I, there's a lot of people who think like that, right? And that's we're not a lot of people aren't being honest about that. I think they're because yeah, they're really getting angry at the principle, but the reality is they're sitting there and letting other people pay for it. And yeah, it might be morally wrong, less so in that game because you know that game seems to have a free pass anyway. Okay, but, do you know what I mean? I've got a question though with this because. The, I mean, the idea is that we need to have these things because they're because of the increased costs of game budgets, yeah, and that AAA is costing so much to like you know release these. Yeah. How? What about like companies like Nintendo who release this stuff without any of this, the, any of these things, but they still manage to make a bunch of money on a console which doesn't have a massive install base either. Mm. Like, where, where? How does that work? I think. I mean, it, it, is it about AAA game budgets, or is it actually about maintaining a live service? You know, like things. Like say Destiny, like they say, or I'm sure I've said in the past, you know, the reason they have like microtransactions and also I guess those forty pound DLCs every year is to keep sort of their live events ticking over to pay a live team to deliver these sort of games as a service events. I mean, obviously Nintendo games don't typically do that. Yeah, but, but that would be factored in the budget, right? That would be mm-hmm. part of the budget yeah. of the game. So um, I think that's sort of one and the same thing. But I know what you mean. But for for me, the Nintendo thing is is interesting because you got a game like Splatoon and a game like Arms. Which mm. I mean, Arms just dropped their new version four, new character. Um, you know, everything's still moving along. Splatoon, they, they, the Arms is introducing like Splatfest type things coming up this week. Splatoon's obviously, um, you know, has done that as well, and they're not asking for any extra money. But I think a combination of the way they structure that. This is just speculation from my point. Mm. Uh, naturally, lower budgets due to the fact that um, you know games are less expensive to produce in Japan, and the you know the the assets being used, all that sort of stuff, smaller. Uh, tighter teams working longer hours as sad as that is to say but that's just the nature of the industry over there um, plus the fact that you know the way their business is structured plus uh, the fact that you know they've probably got such highly skilled crafts people in Nintendo working on those games that they are capable of producing games at you know less cost they need less people because those people are so good um, I think they're a unique they're basically in a unique position and who knows that may change they they may introduce it soon but they they don't seem to be interested in that, but um, their Apart business their is structured. And also, yeah, they've got they've got hardware and the to sell. as well. Yeah, which and of course, the mobile games are that. That's where they, yeah. they that's where they can be dirty away from the precious, uh, you know, pristine Switch, which uh, it suits me again. If the if, the, if Matt Murray yeah. wants to pay for my Mario Odyssey, then I ain't got a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've paid for your Mario Odyssey over and over again with me. my Fire Emblem Heroes money. Yeah. 
Um, but, in t- but but back to actually Star Wars Battlefront yes. Two. Yeah, I, I've um, I've played a bit of the trial on Xbox One. I played uh, on the trial. You can play the first three campaign missions, and I played them and I, I enjoyed them. I mean. Um, I've heard not so great things about the story from from the reviews and whatnot. Um, the story was fairly simplistic, at least in the first three missions um, I played, and I could see where it was going instantly. Um, but uh, and the gameplay itself was also super simplistic. But also, uh, as a Star Wars fan, I mean, I'm not like I'm not mad, but I'm, I'm not mad on Star Wars. But I, I class myself as a Star Wars fan. I look forward to the films. It was just fun being in that universe, and uh, although it does seem quite basic as a single player game. Uh, I quite I quite enjoyed what I played. I mean, I don't, I have no intention now of buying, uh, uh, of of buying the game at all. I'll, I'll maybe wait till it goes cheap or whatever. But and especially after hearing the the rather poor reviews, um, especially focusing on the story. Uh, but from what I, I played, I, I enjoyed it. I wish the whole game was on the X, of course, and I could just quickly whiz through it. But uh, did, did you have you played the? Uh, have, you, have you two played the uh, campaign missions? I've not on touched any more of it than that very, very, very early bit of the first level, and then it was like another stealth bit, and I was like, I'm good. And then I figured I've got a trial. There's people that I know that are playing it. Why don't I spend those hours with them instead of spending three of them doing the first three missions of this thing? I may end up with a full game. I may not. That was my thinking. Yeah. I mean, I played that one that multiplayer game with you, uh, um, John, um, in the forest. It looks absolutely stunning, mm-hmm. as, as you said. Just looks, it looks incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've done those campaign missions. I haven't really done much. I haven't much done. Really done yeah, much we're playing. Multiplayer. We'll be playing it this week, Matt. So um, okay, come, I'll, come I'll, and jump on and have a few games. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's it's good. You get you get those games where you're just getting like running and getting worked every two seconds, like you do in Battlefield, and you know that sucks. But when it's been good, it has actually been pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, you haven't bothered yet, James, on Xbox One. I haven't, no. And it's, it's the thing is, I'm, I'm, I really, I love Star Wars, but for some reason, this is just, it's not really grabbing me. I mean, mostly, I have to say, because of the whole loot rates thing, it's just, it kind of has put me have off. Have you not got EA access? I haven't, no. I don't have okay. it at the moment. I say 20 quid a year, you should get that and play like the first few missions. It's pretty good. It... Yeah. Yeah, maybe. No, not. Well, maybe not. Uh, well, what else are you playing then, John? So, um,. Another game I've been playing, I just mentioned it actually just before, is actually Assassin's Creed Origins, which um, has been a really pleasant surprise for me. Uh, I have never really got on with this series. I've had moments, moments with Two, moments with Brotherhood. Um, really like Black Flag, but anytime you got off the ship and it became an Assassin's Creed game, I just kind of lost interest. Uh, had my own personal like career-based problems with the first game, which is like uh, to do with like that scoring low across a bunch of um, magazines that we worked on at the time and all sorts of furore with Ubisoft and I have a long time ago that was some drama so um, I wasn't really expecting much but then I started to see the footage beforehand and the, the sort of shift uh, certainly the shift in combat from the kind of Batman-y counter-based combat that's always been central to the games to something much more akin to Dark Souls or I mean it really is that it's it's sort of standing there locking on moving around lateral movement parries uh, you know, sort of animation-based uh, combat and seemingly a move away from just that kind of really rigidly structured Assassin's Creed thing that's been there for a while. And I was like, okay, well, that kind of looks interesting. It looks like it has potential. And I really like the idea of the setting as well, uh, which has been the case for a lot of them. I really like the idea of the Unity setting, of Syndicate setting. That's one of the ones I didn't play. Um, but again, like uh, going to sort of ancient Egypt and how amazing it seemed to look in the trailers, um, I, I was interested and to be honest I'm about 20 hours in and um, I am liking it a lot 
the uh, the structure of the game is um, it is different to traditional uh, Assassin's Creed. It is much more of an RPG. There's coloured loot. There are loot boxes, but they're basically that you they're barely mentioned. I don't think anybody's ever mentioned it in the game. There's never been a pop up or anything like that. Hence, getting away with it. But um, there's definitely something compelling about that kind of you know that coloured loot thing. It, it appeals yeah. to that same base I, part I mentioned of the brain. Last week's show actually. It, uh, did you think it feels a bit? destiny like in that okay yeah. you'll have a battle you'll get some loot or change it for a better weapon 100 percent. i mean it even has yeah. the the circular cursor from from destiny yeah. i mean it's and, and even the menus it's got like your guy in the middle with like the various bits of yeah. armor around yeah, the exactly. outside yeah. i mean it, yeah. it's a very very deliberate choice but um i like i like that you know you are finding different weapons and trying them out and they do have genuine uh you know consequences on the battlefield and the combat isn't quite as slick as i'd like but it's good, and it's certainly a lot better than it used to be. Um, I thought that the, the old Assassin's Creed combat was sort of some way behind, you know, the Batman-style counter-combat, which is amazing. And also the, the sort of Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War, which is basically the same um, combat, which is but sword-based, which, which is very, very good. I always thought Assassin's was quite a long way behind that. Nothing ever really felt that good. Um, and and it's it's much more of a far cry than an Assassin's Creed. You know, there's encampments to to take on with like animals in cages. I mean, it's fucking the same thing that we played a million yeah, times. But definitely. And I was like, I'm enjoying this. Like the story is is quite compelling. The sort of main arc of the story about uh, this character Bayek and you know these people who are responsible for the death of his son, and you're going to to get revenge on them. And I just met Cleopatra and all this sort of stuff. Uh, there are like plenty of cutscenes of side quests which are god awful with god awful voice acting and all that sort of stuff but I just tend to tune those out and I was moving through and I was like this is okay this is quite interesting and then last night I was playing in fact and I was like I've played this game for 20 hours I've not been to the pyramids yet I've not been to the pyramids I've seen them in a the distance was like what the hell am I doing um, I'm just going to go to the pyramids so I got on my camel and I set a waypoint 2,000 meters away or something and I just trekked across the desert um, I'm playing on PS4 Pro uh, on, on, on 4K it doesn't look as good as I've seen on Xbox One X I'm a little bit gutted I'm not playing on that but it still looks really really nice so yeah trekking through the desert at night and then I like stumbled across this thing in the desert I don't want to spoil it but it's like this mm, sort of memory thing to do with the constellations really cool and then got to the pyramids and like for me, Assassin's Creed, like it's sort of synonymous with clutter, right? You go into those maps and it's just full of icons, like the classic Ubisoft thing. You go into the towns in those games and it's full of people yapping on about a load of crap. The, the sound levels are always really weird. I always find them quite like stressful. There's a lot of input going on. Yeah. And then I got to the the pyramids at Giza and, and it was just like, there's nothing there. It was just empty. And this is really like, I mean, it felt almost bizarre. Like these structures just felt so out of place, and obviously, even in the game's time frame, they've been there for thousands of years, so they're kind of like slightly dilapidated and stuff. And the, the game is very aware of what it's doing here, I think, and it changes the music to this slightly sort of unusual, eerie um, kind of tune that that this different to the rest of the game's music. And I just sort of hung around these the pyramids for a while. And I climbed up one of them, and I was like, "This is really quite amazing." I feel like I'm sort of taking a history lesson, but it's a history lesson that couldn't possibly exist because I'm going back to something that exists and existed in the time that I could never go <coughs> to it now, and mm. obviously I could have never gone to it then. And it was, I was like, "This is really quite um, effective." I've never been to, to Egypt or seen the pyramids in real life either, so I did that for a bit, and then I started moving around the corner. I tried to find the Sphinx. And um, the founder sphinx, and then just moved around the corner, and there's like suddenly rampant commercialism within the game. Even all the way back then, there was people selling markets, almost like trinket people. It was obviously this was a tourist trap for 
for, for people, even all the way back then in like uh, how many BC, 40, 60, 80 BC or something like that, whenever the game set, I've forgotten, so apologies. And then, so I saw that and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then the Nile was in the distance, so I thought, fuck it, it's nearly bedtime, I'll just go and uh, take a boat out onto the Nile. And I've thought, I've always heard, like, take, never take like a boat out onto the Nile because you'll get murked by hippos. Immediately, I get into this. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, people are constantly telling you that, are they? I mean, that's, it's every day. It's every day, man. <laughs> so, John, yeah. like, oh, no, just stop right now with you. Do not. Promise me you'll never go out on the Nile. <laughs> Well, so you can see where this story is going to end, right? I get yeah. I get on this little barge and I start punting out into the Nile, and it looks amazing. It's like this sort of green water. The sun is setting in the distance. It just looks incredible. And then suddenly I get the flash of being spotted. Turn around, and there's a fucking hippo coming after me, and its jaw is like <laughs> wide open, coming out of the sea. And I thought, oh, fuck! So I start punting the punting the boat, fuck, well, genuinely getting a little bit scared. And it just runs like bites the boat. I sink, and I'm swimming away from this hippo. And I manage to just swim away, get to shore. And I think, can they get on the shore? And I was like, of course I can get on the shore. It's a hippo. Turn around and it's charging me. It's way <laughs> faster than me. His jaws are open, desynchronized, dead. That was it. That was like, as far as I can say, I can actually end the game there. It was that good. That was one of the most amazing. amazing 45 minutes I've had in the game all year. And it was nothing to do with the story. It was nothing to do with the, even the structure of the game. I just, I kind of freed myself up from the shackles of what the game had been restricting me into. And the game hadn't been doing it. It was just like, that classic gamer thing of like here okay here I go here and I do this and I, and I just suddenly remember this is an open world game and I should explore it and it's much more of an open world game than the other Assassin's Creed because it has all this space and um, that that kind of blew me away so I'm like after this podcast I'm going to go back in and just enjoy that world a little bit more and take my time with it because I really think it it, it, it has its problems no doubt and there's that classic line of Ubisoft open world jank obviously bugs people flying up in the air all that sort of stuff not too much but um, I th- there's definitely something kind of special there, and it's, it seems that other people have uh, have really taken to it as well. Yeah, I mean, it's my first Assassin's Creed game, and I, I think it's been really, really good fun. I, I barely played as much; I haven't played as much as I'd like to play, but yeah, it it, it seems compelling in a way that I never really thought. What well, I, I had Black Flag, but I put about fifty minutes into it, and I couldn't be bothered after that. But, good, um, good effort. Yeah. Huh? Good effort. Fifteen yeah, minutes, yeah. 15, probably fifteen. I probably got past the first cut, and I was like, "Nah." No, I, I think I might have got on. A, no, I think I might have got to. A, I think I saw a boat, and I thought, "I'm done. I'm done here." Um, but yeah, <laughs> this is really fun. Game. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that was a solid ten out of ten that year, actually. Um, I so uh, have the previous games had this sort of emergent gameplay that this one seems to seems to support. No, I mean, there's been there's touches of it in the other ones, and obviously there's. Um, you know, the stuff that happens in the cities and guards pooling about and all that sort of stuff. But not really in terms of the wildlife, as far as I can remember. Uh, I mean, to be fair, the last two were, were kind of urban games, you know, like Unity, Paris, Syndicate, St. Mm. London. Um, there's three had wildlife, but I, I can't remember, to be honest. But nothing that's felt like that. But to be honest, uh, it was more just the setting and the way... Like suddenly you know, you spend a lot of time reasonably early on in this city Alexandria, which is like your classic Assassin's Creed city. It's kind of bustling. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's loads of side quests, merchants, all that sort of stuff. And then it's just it's all this space. And then it, it almost had a touch of Breath of the Wild about it. And it's purely because I just pointed my cursor somewhere. It's something interesting and just went there. And the most interesting thing is it was, this is something that's actually real. I'm not saying it's on the level of Breath of the Wild. It's not as magical as that game. Uh, and this was only 45 minutes out of the 20 hours, which were much more prescribed and wrote's the wrong word, but um, much more sort of, you know, you know standard video game. Yeah, formulaic. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but those 45 minutes were were amazing so yeah i kind of want to prod it a bit more and see what else so maybe that'll be it maybe you know i've seen the the most interesting like site in the game i've uh, like had the most interesting animal encounter maybe that'll be it and i'll just mm. go back to playing what was still an enjoyable game or, or but i definitely want to prod it a bit more you know yeah, it, it it does. It makes me want to play it. Um, so I want to find some time. Maybe over Christmas, I'll be able to put a fair bit of time. You're playing it, on the X, into, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It looks, good, it, right? it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. it looks absolutely. I mean, stunning. it looks good in the pro, but I've seen those like I've seen the photos and stuff that people are posting for the X version. I'm like, God damn it! God yeah. damn it! I'm, I'm so glad that this game has got a photo mode because yeah, I, I think it's just it, it's just so good to take photos and you can do so much, but it just looks absolutely incredible uh, and. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy happy to keep playing it. Um, it there's no multiplayer, is there? No. Is so they they've taken all of that out, and they've actually had uh, quite an interesting multiplayer in, in the past. Yeah, I always Creed. heard that the previous ones have quite fun because you can online you can like some of you can pretend to be assassins. Is that the whole deal? And you got to work out who's real. Yeah, that- yeah, exactly that. And yeah, you work out, and then people try and pretend to sort of be move like AI and stuff like that. So um, it, it it was still like had the problems of Assassin's Creed being that the controls were shit and all that sort of stuff but in terms of ideas it was great but that's never been a problem for these games I don't think ideas it's normally it's more been an implementation yeah. but for me this is this is by distance the best one but I know people love to and uh, you know people have a soft spot for a lot of them but uh, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it so far and apparently I don't know what it is but apparently there's some kind of expensive end game to, to this game and that may be where you know the loot boxes and all that sort of stuff starts creeping in and becoming more more pervasive and mm. i mean is that a problem i don't think in that case if it's not in your face the whole time i've got no zero issue with that whatsoever if that's a good way to sustain um so, some money for for you know the, the company uh that people want to invo- involve themselves in that but i mean well, i think it's just if case you've got, you've got like to go 30, case by 40 case hours out of it as well yeah then who cares if there's a few at the end you know yeah I think yeah, I think yeah, case by case is the only way to to talk about this this loot box thing going forward. And I keep, I'm the one that keeps bringing it up, and I'm the one that said I didn't want to talk about it. So fuck me, really. Cool. So well, uh, what else you got on your, your list? So a couple of real quick. Uh, well, one really quick uh, game that um, I came across. Uh, if anybody watches any of the videos on my YouTube channel, I kind of stopped doing it for a while, and then I came up with an idea of just finding. Some, I get a lot of weird small indie games appearing in my inbox. Um, and you know there's just literally no time to review a game like that could be like 10 hours long could be longer but i thought okay well i could um literally stick them on stick the camera on and just react to like the first hour of it and then chop it up for the interesting parts and i've done a bunch of games like that on the channel already and uh, you know some have been funny some have been crap Uh, and then i came across this game super flight which i was mentioned by chris donlan on a eurogamer article just literally in passing and i saw Okay, that sounds interesting. And it was two quid on Steam. I think it was one ninety on Steam. Nothing basically. So uh, I bought it and did this video. So you can go and check it out on the channel now if you want. But um, it's basically a wingsuit game. The graphics are they're very high res, but they're just blocks. Kind of looks a bit like Minecraft done in you know like four K version of Minecraft that they talked yeah. about. It kind of looks like that. And it's just basically uh, you're you're thrust out into um, a weird load of weird shapes basically just like sort of geometric structure in front of you that's a random seed and and you just wingsuit around the idea is to get as close to uh the environment as possible to rack up points and then do daring things like go through little gaps in the rocks and things like that and just basically survive as long as you can you crash you restart um there's little pink dots in the world if you go into them it's a portal and it'll just 
thrust you straight into a brand new seed, completely different level, color scheme, all that sort of stuff, and your combo keeps going. A run can last anywhere from 20 seconds to a couple of minutes, in my experience. But the mechanics, that core mechanic, that 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 the wingsuit flying. Using the controller on PC feels absolutely superb. I mean, I couldn't believe how good this game was. A, for the price. B, for the fact that nobody's heard of it. And C, for just how little, you know, how little fanfare has been around it. Like, mechanically, it was like one of the tightest games I've played in a long time. Like, we've just been talking about Assassins and Star Wars. This mechanically it doesn't try and do anywhere near as much, obviously, but like it pisses on both of those games in terms of how tight and how good it feels. Um, so yeah, I was like, I need to get this video up, and hopefully people will will see it and they'll just go and spend the two pounds on Steam and uh, and get involved. But honestly, I can see Superflight appearing on on all the consoles um, before long. Uh, well, I guess if people buy it and the, the devs make some money, because it's just. Um, it's it's a small it's it, it's you know there's not a huge amount of scope to it but like what it it offers one thing it wants to try to do one thing and it absolutely knocks it out of the park i mean it's so cheap that I, i'm confident saying everybody if they have steam you don't need a beast pc or anything like that at all check out Superflight. honestly i'd be amazed if you're disappointed amazed yeah, I've just had a look at it. It's got like eight hundred and forty odd reviews on Steam. It's got like five stars. Yeah, um, I've just like, basically it's just made by three students. Is that right? Uh, yeah, Good yeah. On it's it. a, a, by a company called Grizzly Games. Uh, it's a very passionate but small team of three students, and they've asked you know just to keep in mind, yeah, you know, bear that in mind when you think about the buying Superflight. It's not a huge game of hours and hours of content. What we'd like to offer you is a simple game that gives you a feeling of intense speed, high adrenaline moments, and beautiful vistas to explore at the price of a coffee. That is, yeah, it great, actually. they reviewed their own game perfectly. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> put it any better than that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it looks great. So that's just on PC, yeah? Yeah, um, I, I, I would imagine, I wouldn't be surprised if it appeared other places in the future, but yeah, get it. It's fucking brilliant, honestly. It's like when, um, on the old podcast, when Chet stumbled across Bleed and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Just like every now and again, you just stumble across some magic. To be fair, it was Chris Donlan that stumbled across it. It wasn't me. I just read it. But, you know, I'm taking all credit from here on out. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That sounds great. Uh, If it comes to console, I'll be all over that. It looks great. And especially for the price. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, and then finally, I just wanted to give a quick rundown of of the machine, the Xbox One X, and just talk very, very briefly about a few of the games that I've been playing on it and more just about, like, what an impressive package this this little console is and how it's almost like it's pulled in like all the different parts of xbox's history including the the shit part with the xbox one (laughs) and kind of repackaged it and it's all come together in this really quite amazing and like absurdly powerful box um it feels significantly more powerful than ps4 pro a machine that i uh i really do like but this thing's a little beast i mean like just to talk about some of the games i mean doing the 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 classic idiot thing where i'm just like getting games that have got the new 4k treatment and just looking at them for like 20 minutes and go wow and then yeah i've done that i've played all my games so i basically do one level or or like one track on forza one level and something else move on to next i mean yeah i've played all my games for like 10 minutes or like multiples of 10 minutes just to see how good they look yeah, exactly that. So like Halo 5 being case in point, you get a Game Pass subscription for a month in the box or two months or something, or whatever it is, two weeks, I don't know. I better check, actually. But um, <laughs> anyway, Halo 5 is like the main event of that Game Pass at the moment. So I downloaded that. Now, Halo 5 is like a game I did not enjoy. I thought the campaign was a real letdown. I thought 343 almost misunderstood and misjudged what makes Halo Halo. 
Um, stick it in like that pristine, the most pristine 4K I've seen. Um, kind of changed the game a little bit. And I don't know if they patched it since it came out just to make it better in terms of like enemy HP and all that sort of stuff. But I played through the first level of that. It looks unbelievable, absolutely amazing. And I was like, this plays really, really well. And I don't know if it's just like seeing the extreme detail of what's happening, whether it's the way the enemies explode or just being able to see stuff in the distance you could never see before, or whether it was just like, uh, you know, my brain tricking me because it looks so nice. I don't know. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to continue playing it, but my goodness, uh, that was incredibly impressive. That was the yeah, first I, moment I where I was like, to play that. I wanted to play it just to see how good it looked, but I was so... It's such a crushing disappointment. Yeah. I, for all the reasons you just listed, I mean, single player, I thought was was I, I played through it, but it wasn't a Halo game. It was just oh, squad based stuff with a like uh, computer was controlled the... like squad mates uh, who never hit, never saved you. And oh god, yeah, uh, there's I mean, problems. It had some good some good multiplayer stuff, but I wasn't a huge fan of like, huge battles. But I did like those much more smaller, felt quite esports orientated maps where it's like three on three, it's like one life. I thought mm-hmm. they, they were really good fun. We had some good cool. matches on that, but. Yeah, Hella Five. I was just so gutted about it, but I do have this Game Pass, uh, you know, trial in, in my box, so I, I do want to, I do want to try it just to see how good it looks. Yeah, I think you should, man. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Gears Four uh, again, 4K HDR. I banged that on for like ten minutes and go, hmm, that looks bloody nice. I don't really want to play <laughs> Gears Four again, but uh, cool. Yeah, John, how how is Gears Four? Is it is it worth going to? Because yeah. It's good. It's not as good as Gears 3, um, but it's better than Halo. In terms of like studios that have taken over properties and are trying to like, you know, capture the essence of what they are, I think Gears 4, for the most part, does a better job than, than Halo 5. We'll see different studios mm-hmm. here that we're talking about. Um, I think P- it, the opening level is like a flashback, but then once you get past that, it's uh, you're fighting new enemies, these robots, and it feels like the... The, the sort of opening levels are very cookie cutter in terms of design, low walls, right angles, and you're like, what the fuck is this? These weird like robot enemies. But um, it picks up pace, and by the time Chapter 2 kicks in, and then you see some more familiar enemies and some familiar faces, uh, it's, it, it, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's thoroughly, thoroughly decent uh, and mm-hmm. definitely worth playing through. And, you know, it, it obviously looks absolutely banging on this new console. But yeah, I liked Gears 4 when I played it again. I don't know if I can be asked to play it through it again, especially with 9 million other games to play. But um, mm. I wanted to see it, you know. Yeah, if I had more time, uh, which I don't, but if I, I'd love to play through this on, on co-op. But, uh, I'd, I'd actually probably do that, to be fair, if you are up for that, because we could probably do it in like six six hours. Oh, it's really? not that okay, long. So it's it's not that long, yeah. Yeah, I would like to. I haven't played the Gears game for so long. I mean, I, I we hammered like Gears two and Gears three, although that was just Horde mode. I don't think I've even played. I don't think we even the, played. To be fair, the Horde mode in Gears four is really, really good. Really good. Yeah, so many games. So many games. But you know, that's so not going to happen. But I do, if you want to bash through co-op, I can make some time to do that. I think yeah, that, to, that's yeah. a good excuse, and because it's more fun like that anyway. We'll see. Um, yeah, and then yeah, quickly, yeah. I'll just rattle through the rest. Uh, the original Mirror's Edge on backwards compatible in four K HDR looks amazing. Uh, it looks like those looks dead like end thrills. Game. Yeah, it looks like you know those screenshot galleries that guy does dead end thrills. Uh, you yeah. seen those? Uh, it looks like that. Um, FIFA looks really nice. Uh, quite enjoying it, strangely. Um, Gears Three oh. looks like a modern game. Again, another backwards compatible one. Halo Three, amazing job. Uh, like 4K, still looks old, but like looks amazing. And then even go back to Ninja Gaiden Black, which is again, uh, on Game Pass. Um, it looks absolutely stunning. It's completely up to 4K. 
uh, I was like, wow, this console is like doing stuff that people didn't really know it was doing. It's bringing together an old and new library in, in an amazing way to, to finish off this year. And then we've got hope that, you know, when the exclusives come sort of early 2018, the crackdowns of Sea of Thieves, etc., that, that they can deliver. And if they do, then we're in business. But this now, regardless, this is now my, my go-to for third party because uh, there's no... Judging by what I've seen of um, Assassins, judging by uh, what I've seen of Wolfenstein, which I've got but not played yet, and a few others, it seems like there's no comparison. It's just beasting the PS4 Pro on you know on on the 4K, which it should do because it's way more powerful. But overall, extremely impressed. Usual caveat supply: you need a 4K TV. Do you really need this console? Should you get a PC? Obviously, yes. You know, you you, you know all this sort of stuff. But for what they've put in a box and put out on shelves as Microsoft to sell, they have absolutely, in my opinion, sort of reclaimed what it means, what the Xbox brand means. They've delivered a very, very impressive product and I'm pleased to be back in that fold, you know, playing Xbox games again with a bunch of people I've played games with for, God, you know, 15 odd years, if not longer, longer in fact. Uh, it's nice to be playing with that crew again and on a machine that's not a giant hulking piece of shit like my Xbox One. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely good to be back. It, it is, I know it's cheesy, I've said before, but it does sort of feel like reclaiming the old times. I'm, it's probably because it I'm right. using a 360, I, I like an Xbox pad and stuff, but, and yeah, I'm playing Viewlot again, but it's just, yeah, it's it's great. It's great. And I, and, and I never thought I'd ever be interested in backwards compatibility stuff, but it is just, fun seeing these old games I mean, okay i mean but isn't that got my library and yeah uh, so i don't want to be horrible but isn't that also just because there isn't anything like amazingly new come out at the moment i'll play assassin's creed yeah, maybe but, but, but what what playstation yeah, yeah, exclusives I mean, are people playing right now i mean it's all third party stuff that's, that people are playing right mm-hmm. now anyway so i get well, i get your point but the the majority of what i'm playing on the xbox one x is like new games that are, happen to be on other machines as well but but look better on the uh, on the yeah X, yeah. yeah and also got EA access on there which is a pretty big deal for FIFA for Star Wars for you know other stuff yeah EA access is incredible I mean like, twenty quid a year I've done it, like tights to there's like FIFA Battlefield one yeah Mirror's I mean Edge. legit full you know full copies of Battlefield one Titanfall two Mass Effect Andromeda which came out you know like this year I mean you can't really for twenty quid a year. And then the 10 yeah, hour trials insane. of Star Wars of Need for Speed of Fever. <laughs> Amazing service. Have you tried Need for Speed? What does it look like on the X? Uh, I haven't tried it on the X. It looks very, oh. very nice on PS4 Pro. <sighs> cool. Yeah, I'm loving my Xbox. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great little machine. It looks great as well. I just think it, I mean, just like the actual console itself looks great. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, you know, I mean, it's such an easy machine to be cynical about. Um, uh, and I, I get it, but like, I, I, it's nice to be excited about that brand again. And yeah, you know, sure. realistically, I'm not a PC gamer. I get it. Like, you're going to get PCs are more powerful. Uh, you know, they're going to be. You can future proof yourself for even longer with the PC. But like, I get all that sort of stuff. But like, it's it's almost a thing. Like, I don't like playing with a mouse and keyboard. I sit at a PC all day. It's simple stuff like that that I, I don't really. This shouldn't be underestimated for a lot of people, and there's millions of us. It's not just me that, that feel like that. It's just I don't want to be fucking about with settings on my PC, and I know that makes me some sort of heretic. And I do have a gaming PC that's like okay, but there's a lot of people who just want to play, you know, a fucking beast console. 
and that's and that's just that's what it is. That's what they delivered. They delivered what they said they were going to deliver, and and basically they had, they did not do that with Xbox One. They delivered. I mean, God knows. I mean, God knows. A massive flaming turd. Yes. Cool. Uh, is that it, uh, John? Yes, mate. Sorry, I feel like I've been talking for like nine straight hours. No, no, it's all good. Uh, James, what have you been playing this week? Um, I got two. Well, you see, I've been played. I've actually played quite a lot of things this week, but only sort of two things that I've spent like a lot of time with. I did get some. Uh, what's it called uh, Skyrim uh, last week? Oh, you did um, on Switch or on Switch? Oh, yeah, Switch. oh, nice. I got it on Switch. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've spent so little time with it, but it is very impressive. I mean, as a you know, as port goes, it's it's very very impressive. Uh, but the yeah, other, I, I, I'm sorry, I think I've definitely said this in the past, but Skyrim is one of my biggest gaming regrets. I never, I, I've never, I've still never played a Fallout game, and I haven't played a Morrowind game. But for some reason, I got into the Skyrim hype, bought it, played, I don't know, five to ten hours, maybe a bit longer. I absolutely loved it. But I think then Battlefield Three came out or something similar, and I just stopped playing it and then never went back. But from what I played, I really loved it. And this is uh, Skyrim has obviously come out this week on both Switch and PSVR. And I I do really want to buy the PSVR version. I haven't, you know, because, you know, no time and I've already bought a billion games. But uh, <laughs> I, I would love to try that on VR. And uh, I'm sure some, so I saw some tweets from Andy Hamilton saying, you know, it nails that thing about the scale. You know, seeing a dragon in VR does look fucking massive. And yeah, I, I, he said he actually preferred it to say something like Resident Evil where he feels like, was um, a bit of a compromise because it wasn't developed with, with fully with VR in mind. I mean, I mean, neither was this, but he he seems to, su- to suggest that this seemed to um, portray the world in, in a really realistic, really realistic way in terms of scale. I do really want to get it, but but also I think if I bought it for Switch, I'll probably play it a lot more. Yeah, and that's why I bought it for Switch. Probably, I mean, obviously, I don't have a PSVR, but the other reason is because I can see myself like sort of sitting down playing this a bit here and there, and it seems very well suited for that. And it it does look very impressive, and it runs completely smoothly as well, which is certainly better than the other game I played with this week, which was Rhyme. Oh um, yeah, you played Rhyme. Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is in all the reports have been that this runs like an absolute dog on the Switch. Yeah, I mean that's. I feel that that's a bit overblown, to be honest. I mean, see, this is a really good, hard, uh, difficult game to talk about without sort of spoiling the story, which I absolutely don't want to do because, I mean, most of the reviews that I've seen have argued that the game is very nice but kind of limited and it has simple puzzles and everything. But actually, this game it really touched me more than I even said like the Last Guardian did. I really, really loved it. Even though I played it on the Switch and there are sort of technical problems, but it really feels like one of those kind of games that you have to play to completion to really oh, understand and, and appreciate it. I, yeah, that's I what I said a few weeks ago but when I finished it. it did, like, no, I haven't played a game like it where it totally reframes the entire game. Yeah. And I think it's it, and I, I was so gutted when I saw all his rhyme reviews, and they were saying, "Oh, like don't bother because it's you know buggy or it's a poor port." And I was like, "Okay, don't bother that. Maybe because it's it's you know poor in terms of it, the port quality." But anyone listening to this, you, you shouldn't miss out on rhyme. If you any console or whatever platform you can get it on, buy it because it is such a fantastic game. Don't let this poor Switch port put you off because I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, you know how sort of cynical and jaded I am about everything, and this this yeah, game, yeah. <laughs> this game really, I it really, I found it very, very touching. And also, I mean, the the whole point about the puzzles being sort of simplistic is kind of true to a to a degree. But then once you finish the game, that makes a lot more sense as well. Like yeah, the way that, even that does. Yeah, every, I mean, everything just makes more sense. I mean, the thing with the the performance problems, 
I found that probably the first one third of the game does have a problem, like it stutters and it did actually crash for me once. And also it does this really weird thing where it the screen kind of goes really blurred, like it looks like really sort of blurry and sort of sort of smoothed out and kind of terrible. Hmm. This happens in, as I said, maybe in the first third because in the first third of the game the areas are a lot more open. Yeah, there, yeah. there's a lot more sort of like sort of large sort of open vistas, and this it, the game seems to have problems with this. But for the final two thirds of the game, I didn't really notice that many sort of massive problems really. With okay. It was it was kind of okay, and the people that have been complaining about this, it really feels like maybe they played this on PS4 or Xbox, and then they've played this and they've owned, they haven't finished it, but they just played you know the beginning and then just thought, oh, this is rubbish. This is like yeah, rubbish. Yeah, you can tell so like so easily if you read any review for this where they're like, yeah, it's fine, but it's you know it's just it's trying to be journey, but it doesn't quite get there. It feels like yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure if you finished the game. I mean, maybe it just affected me more than others, but mm-hmm. I feel like the ending changes things. But um, whatever, yeah. Uh, but so even with the technical troubles, you still think it's worth? Would you recommend it or? Um, I probably if you've got a PS4 or Xbox One, I'd recommend it on that first, obviously, because the performance is obviously going to be a lot better than it is on uh, on Switch. But if Switch is all you've got, I'd still I'd recommend getting it because it's it's still really good. I mean, my son has watched me play most of this game aside from the ending. And he's been completely transfixed by it. I mean, he's four, and he. I mean, I mean. Okay, this shows how some simplistic some of the puzzles are. But he was like working out what to do, like in parts of the game. And like as soon as he came home from school today, he was like, "Oh, I was telling my teacher about about rhyme, and can I play it like now?" Because he he started. He wants to play it on his own now. And right. I've I've not seen him have that that sort of connection with the game before. He he really he just finds it fascinating. I think. I mean, I've I've said this before. Obviously, not great with games, but for me, the 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 challenges, the puzzles were simplistic, but they were the right. They were just they they weren't normally simplistic. They were they were satisfyingly simplistic. Mm. I guess I can say there there wasn't there's was a a very very small amount of challenge, but you got it within like two seconds. But it was still enough to. For those puzzles to be satisfying, uh, I yeah. felt at least. And I mean, one of the other complaints is people said that they got lost or they didn't know where to go, which I find really difficult to believe because it's it's quite linear. Like I found, as in, yeah, I thought level time was really good. Yeah, I mean, it points you in the right, you know, where you need to go for the whole time. But I just I can't emphasize enough how okay maybe the visual style isn't like completely unique or the concept, but that doesn't make it any less of an experience. And I just, I do think it has something interesting to say, particularly once you've finished it. And then you like look back and think about what you've done. I mean, even when you go to the menus and you see what the names of the levels are and stuff like that, it's, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's, it's such a, it, it, you were right. I mean, it's a game that I have thought about after I finished it and uh, yeah, sort of keep thinking about it yeah. from time to time. And uh, I'm going through it again now with my son. I mean, he he's you know sort of helping him go through it. It's um yeah, it is excellent. It's yeah, really worth it. It's up there. Definitely, definitely one of the games of the year for me. I just thought it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, the only other thing I've played is uh, and again another polar opposite, which is Beyond Two Souls. Okay, and, so, um, so you've done what like five episodes of this? So what? Uh, you, I, I, I mean, uh, you have to uh, what, what like six seven hours of gameplay now. I don't know. I mean, I think I think I'm about two thirds of the way through. And last week I went on a blitz and I was like, okay, I want to just get through this. I want to get through as, as much of this game as I can. And I, I mean, I went through. I t- can I can I spoil any bits of this or just hint towards things or not? What do you think? I mean, I mean, I'm not bothered. John, are you bothered? Well, I mean, not personally because I know what happens. But I think if you're streaming it anyway, no, nah, I think you're good. If you tell people this is gonna be, if you want to play the game, all that sort of stuff. 
Oh, you've got a spoiler yeah. boy, haven't you? You could find uh, him. I don't know how to do that. I mean, I'm oh, just give me Beyond Two Souls spoilers. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah, don't, yeah, obviously skip forward if you don't want to know what happens. Anyone listening to us may have already seen the bits from your streams anyway, so. That's all, yeah, that's very true. I mean, the, the, the high point of last week was probably the homelessness section, which was just, I mean, it was the high point in the terms of it was the funniest part of the game, like unintentionally, obviously. Um, because, I mean, it had the, you know, the usual sort of like appalling dialogue, David Kay's trying to sort of, you know, I mean, it becomes a suicide simulator at one point. It's it's kind of crazy. Jesus. Like we, it's sort of going around trying to work out how to kill herself. It's really, really strange. And also, just again, terrible, terrible dialogue. And really, sort of, really, sort of laying on thick. Like some of the themes, uh, you know, like where you've got like a, a a woman sitting there, she's pregnant, and then in the background, there's like these palm trees, and like you know, like how you know this could be your life, you know, this kind of thing. And it's it's but it's also I mean it's also got the usual David Cage problems of like all these sort of logical problems as well that don't make any sense like yeah it, which I won't go into but it's kind of terrible but it was it was still entertaining it was very very entertaining and quite funny in places as well the birth scene I'm I'm really spoiling things now should I say this or not no you've already you you said beyond spoilers that's true yeah but yeah the, the, there's a scene with with a birth which is one of the weirdest things i've ever done in a video game before and it, it was very funny to watch it's um yeah it was very very funny but then after that i the next the next day i went to the next scene and this was it's this whole section which was set in a desert and yeah, yeah. so i obviously i've played the game before but the desert scene was uh, i think even you mentioned it john when you were on last uh, and dave certainly has is the desert scene was the thing that they were most looking forward to you playing <laughs> It was appalling, John. Mm. Oh no, that's <laughs> the word. It's a terrible bit. I wish it wasn't in the game. It's the absolute worst thing in the game, and it not because it is anything like particularly bad. It's just really, really tedious. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's really tedious. It goes on for a very, very long time. It's got. I mean, it has the whole sort of like Native American thing, which is kind of kind of bought yeah let's, okay it's racist <laughs> a lot of these sort of depictions <laughs> are pretty just like racist and like it's it's, it's just you know not very good and also i mean it, it doesn't it, it doesn't really feel like it links in with the rest of the game and i'm not entirely sure why it, why it exists like why it's in there maybe that will become more apparent as um as the uh as, as i get towards the end i'm not sure but it was just i mean the main problem i have with this game is it's just the cliched themes Again, the terrible, terrible dialogue, and I don't know. I I just feel Heavy Rain is a masterpiece by comparison to this game. I I really feel this this is a, a really poor adventure game. It's one of the worst I think I've ever played. Um, Jesus. mostly Jesus. because in many places I it's just I just find it tedious. It's just not very engaging. It's not very very fun to play. It's the main problem I have with it. It's it's not bad in the terms of um yeah you know, sort of technically bad. It's just dull i just found it's it just really bad dull. in every other possible way yeah i just find it very very dull technically it's fine everything else terrible because i mean how do you feel about this john because i know you thought how do you do you think it's okay i mean what what's your sort of feeling about the game well i liked it when i played it um I've, i i'll be honest i can't remember huge amounts i can remember individual scenes but uh, a lot of it sort of disappeared out of my memory I, I definitely didn't like it as much as heavy rain which i really liked and i think you know, I played that. That was also very much of the time when I played it, where mm. you, you forgive a lot of the the weirdness, and this is definitely weirdness. And it wasn't coming from Fahrenheit, which is a bit of a disaster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I really did enjoy Heavy Rain, and I, you know, going back to it now, obviously things are very clunky about it, and I, and the same mm-hmm. would be on, no doubt. But I, I remember it being a game where I I was really engaged by individual scenes. So. Um, 
there's like one scene where she's getting ready for a date. I don't know if you've played that scene yet or yes, not. Yes, I've played that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, just, I really enjoyed that. I just thought it was funny and weird and I, it was like living through, you know, an experience I could never possibly have. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, like, you know, things are misjudged and clunky. Oh, yeah. but. I mean- that after the desert scene, that was certainly like a lot better. Yeah, so that uh, came it, after. I can't remember the order. Of yeah, things, it, yeah, it picks up. It really does pick up. I mean, David Cage's like concept of sexy clothing is a bit odd, but it's um yeah, it's certainly much more interesting from from that point. Especially when you get, I mean, that that whole thing about the idea that the you know Aiden Aiden whatever is is sort of watching and whether you want to interfere with you know with the date and everything. It's 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 interesting that that section. I, I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought that that was the highlight of the game personally. But um, there was a few mm-hmm. other scenes which I, I really enjoyed as well. Um, like some some stuff uh, at the end of the game, which is is pretty cool. And um, I didn't actually mind the the homelessness stuff. Not I, my memory of it is very vague, to be honest. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, just overall, I think this is still it, it was of a time where I don't, did it come out after the first season of Walking Dead or before? I can't remember I chronology. Don't know because it was PS3, wasn't it? It was PS3. It, it yeah. Um, so I, I'm. It was still kind of of the time where there, these types of games weren't as common as they are now. Mm-hmm. You know the Telltale stuff, and you know Telltale's taken a lot from these games. You know as as, as sort of messy as his games are. You know Telltale is a massive debt to how these games work. I think mm-hmm. in terms of what they've done, and, and I still I was kind of, I was still kind of enamoured by him um, and, and his kind of sometimes misguided approach and his you know <laughs> his, his sort of commitment to experimentation his commitment to try these things and to try and stories uh, this actually came out over a year over a year after walking dead okay so um yeah obviously not a patch on that but um yeah i i, I mean i finished the the, the the sort of game experience and overall uh, i was i was impressed by it. also i mean there's stuff like that you can't really sort of account for now like at the time when it came out it looked it looked fucking amazing Mm-hmm. And so that was like a real, um, really engaging thing while you're playing. It's like, damn, this looks, you know, it really did. Like, even the character model of, of Ellen Page and stuff like that. Look at it now and like the animation. And we're used to seeing people like, you know, Kevin Spacey for one of a less uh, creepy motherfucker in uh, Call of Duty. And the people in, you know, how amazing the, the like, Josh, Dur- how do you say his surname? Josh Dermel, whatever, Josh Dermel in yeah. the new Call of Duty. Like, they look way better than Ellen Page did in um, in Beyond. But at the time, um, you know, there the, the, there is certain. I think I, I enjoyed it. I think I still kind of admire a lot of what it did. I think it was sort of misguided experiment. I don't think it was uh, yeah as bad as um as Fahrenheit. And I think you know you're playing it now, uh, and your opinion is very valid because you're in it in it right now. But I think there's a lot of people who bag on this game that have never played it, and I think that that that's slightly yeah. frustrating. Um, I mean, you see, the way I feel with David Cage is I I do admire the way that he is sort of um you know he's pushing his own sort of you know what he wants to do i'm just not sure he's very good at it maybe not <laughs> i mean like i mean thing. i mean i'm not a complete apologist for him because like fahrenheit is one of the worst games i've ever played in my life because it started so promisingly and goes to such utterly bizarre places towards the end that mm-hmm. it's just the fucking ramblings of a madman um and then he absolutely redeemed himself with heavy rain and i think you know uh, beyond certainly has a touch of the fahrenheit about it, uh, especially mm-hmm. in that desert scene and some of the other stuff but um there's some real like some quite good brisk action scenes as well and yeah uh, um just overall yeah uh it, it's difficult because my memory is vague and it's not it's not something i've really talked about since i wrote about it that much but mm-hmm. You do get the impression that sometimes uh, I'm just repeating myself now, I guess. But 
he he's an easy target uh, or David mm-hmm. Cage. And if you've played all of his games, I haven't I haven't played Omicron, but I've played um, the other ones. Uh, then fair enough. And also, like I don't think we should judge anything on his new one until it's out and we played it. Uh, I always go back to something that you know, Mark Como is my favorite critic, and that's why I got into wanting to write about films and games, and ended up being writing about games. Um, one thing I remember on his podcast once, he was once asked the letter came and said, "Oh my god, Ben Affleck's going to be Batman. What do you think? What do you think?" And he was like, "I literally don't care. I will talk about the film when it comes out." And he hated the film and hated him in the film, but beforehand, until he sees the you know the project in its entirety. Uh, and then he will only talk about it then and I've always kind of taken that on board when I talk about any of this sort of stuff so we talk about his new game like whatever whatever we've seen so far I can't judge I'm not going to even discuss it until I played the thing you know so I think he gets he's an easy target and I find that sort of stuff tedious you are playing the games and if you you know your opinion is valid because you're playing the games and talking about them so it's interesting to hear you talk about it's interesting to watch you play it but um I don't know. I'm kind of going off on a on a bit of a rant about multiple subjects that's kind of centering <laughs> around David Cage for some reason. But it's frustrating, man, because you know people. Everybody's got a voice these days, and that, and that's good. But if you're using it in a lazy fashion by not doing the due due diligence, but wanting to mm-hmm. be considered somebody you know with authority or critic for whatever what sort of word you want to use around it, um, I think you just owe it to yourself. To, to fucking play the games like you are right you're sitting there and you're playing yeah. through the games and yeah you, you're laughing and you don't like them but that's interesting at least we can talk about it in the context yeah. of people and, who play I mean, them I'm also like I mean I'm looking from a certain kind of perspective which I'm sure you can appreciate <laughs> it's like you know, well, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh, yeah I'm not looking at them in a you know in, in a highly critical but you are you kind of are because you're it's 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 all the same approach because you know mm-hmm. you 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 find this problem and the you know problems with dialogue and all it's, it's it's all from the same thing i'm not, i mean i'm coming into it just basically i just like, I want to see if it's enjoyable and fun and then the other ideas pop into my head anyway but mm-hmm. i think it's all to see you know it's, it's two sides of the same coin really but yeah I just, i've always got frustrated about that so whenever not mm-hmm. just about him just about anybody you know that 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 whole you know, slating games that you haven't played, slating games you watched a bit of, slating creators, slating companies, slating directors, you know, all that sort of stuff. It, 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 I find it immensely frustrating. And and it's because I was guilty of it in the past and got called on it savagely by Mr. Chet Royvis many, many, many years ago, which has stuck with me since. And um, yeah, he was right, which is a rare thing. I won't say that very often. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I, I, I'm, I can't wait for Detroit. I just, I, I, I liked Heavyweight and I haven't played this, but I can't wait for Detroit. I can't wait to see what he's done. See, I, I can't wait either. I mean, I, because I, I want to see if he has moved on from this, um, with with Detroit, you know, from some of the issues that there are in this and in Heavy Rain. You know, there there are certain things which, you know, there's sort of themes across both of them that you know, sort of continue across. So I want to see if he's kind of fixed or mm-hmm. you know, sort of approaches in a different yeah. way. Um, I don't know. I mean, you see, I. <laughs> I feel the thing that I always think about this is that I do I don't think you can judge something before you've played it or you can see it, but I do think you can use past experience to decide not to decide but to hint towards where whether you you know where something's going. Definitely, I think it is possible to do that. I definitely um, think you're yeah, right, I don't think, and I think but you can't judge. and then it becomes a question of what what's the format that you're talking about it. If we're talking yeah. about it down the pub or we're just chatting casually on Twitter, 
then yeah, mm-hmm. do you go for your life. But in this sort of forum or written or anything like that, I think you just people should just hold themselves to a slightly higher standard. Uh, like that scene in that we've all seen now in Detroit might end up being the most ill-judged, disastrous scene in the history of video games. It might be the most offensive thing of all time. Like, but I'm not going to even get to that point. It might be brilliant until I've seen it and experienced it within the full game and that's just that's how I think it is it's always how I've well not always but since very very early on doing this job like you know 12 13 years ago whenever uh, I got called on doing that about a game called Geist on the GameCube where I sat and watched people playing it uh, next to me at my desk and we were all laughing at this game shit and I remember texting MSN messaging Chet Royvis about it and he was like but you haven't played it he was like you can't say that because you haven't played it and I was like fuck off it's shit it's shit and you know what the game probably is shit but I still haven't played it so I don't have the right to actually put that statement out there in a forum where people you know are properly listening and expecting a Mm -hmm. standard so and that stuck with me and uh, he has no memory of this conversation obviously but um, I, I, I take that through uh, all the way into even stuff like this. But anyway, that's that's my uh, own little soapbox. I'll step off it now. That's it. That's all I've got. Uh, well, I've, uh, I I mentioned Star Wars, but I also played Rocket League on Switch this week. Yeah, I got I got this as well. Uh, you got as well, haven't you, John? I do, I do. And yeah, uh, yeah it looks like Lego, but it plays like a dream. It, it looks fucking shocking. It looks really really bad it, i mean it was all right i, I, I will oh. say okay so it's it's rocket league it's still rocket league it's still there's still such a great core concept to the game it's still fun but i do have some some quite big issues with it i mean graphically it's had such a downgrade particularly in handheld i do think there is a noticeable difference between handheld and docked it does Definitely. feel different and better oh yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot better in docked but handheld my god i mean if you're stood of your, your, your cars on the goal line you can't really make out what's happening at, if there's a goal map action at the other end of the pitch it's just loads of colored pixels moving about you can't really see what's happening and yeah i mean in screenshots it looks shocking in, in movement it's not quite so bad but yeah it's definitely got God, some kind of dynamic great. resolution going on isn't it because at kickoff it looks appalling <laughs> it looks like when you <laughs> yeah, get a, a youtube yeah. videos running at 140p and you're like what the fuck is wrong with my internet it looks yeah, like that it, but when it, it moves, I, thought, I was like, okay, this, this this doesn't look too bad now. It's weird. I don't get it. The weird thing is, so, so yeah, I've heard it's got a done out resolution or resolution scaling, whatever it's got, and they did that to like ensure it sticks to 60 frames a second. Mm. My game has no, in no way, shape, or form, handheld mode stood and stayed at 60 frames a second. I mean, yeah, some. I mean, I, if, I guess it's hard to say whether it's, it's frame rate slowing down or it's just a game. I'd like I, it's or it's just got major slowdown. I mean, I, at some point when I played it, I had to like re, I had to re, reset uh, my switch and it was a little bit better in handheld and it's way better docked. But when I was playing it a day or two after launch, it was like crawling at one point to like ten frames a second. Really? It was insane. I mean, yeah. I've had nothing more than the like. I would say mild mild down to like 55 little literally oh, really? like, oh, wow. which you don't I've... because it's only really noticeable because you just don't get that on uh, on the console you know on playstation when you play it because it's always rock solid um yeah. apart from if it's laggy but that's different and i've had a couple yeah, and, it, so... and it can affect your timing and your jumps and stuff because obviously it's such a precise game so it's like oh yeah. that's, but nothing like that literally no i mean i i would definitely say and i've played a good 20 25 matches on it now like, nothing yeah. close to that I mean, I haven't played any online. I've just played, oh, played I've like only season played online. It, it, it's not even um, 
it's not even lag. So I'm just playing like local uh, seasons. Maybe because I, I've only played online, so maybe okay. it's something to do with the offline mode, which is weird. Maybe, yeah. Um, but yeah, but playing handheld, it's just. I mean, since uh, re, you know doing a hard reset on my Switch, it does seem to perform a little bit better, but it's. Yeah, it's not great. I still think it's worth getting because it's still Rocket League. It's still fun as fuck to you know to to play Rocket League on the move. And in docked mode, it doesn't perform a lot better. It seems to look a bit better. But yeah, I was really disappointed considering I I was under the assumption that all the graphical downgrades were to keep it locked at sixty. Play uh, online, that's not the case. Play online, you'd yeah, be, you'd be golden. I might give it a go. So, what is the online like? Uh, same. John? It's the exact same. You're playing against the PC players and yeah. and, and Xbox players. You also can't play against friends, right? Um, on on other platforms. Uh, well, no, or on on what? Can you play online against your friends on Switch, like at all? Uh, like I don't know. I never even thought about doing that. You can okay. if you set up private games. I think. Oh, you can. Can you, James? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Uh, what, what what have you thought, in James? You, have you been a fan? Uh, well, see, I barely played it. I I downloaded it, and you see, I haven't played much of Rocket Rocket League on anything, to be honest. And it's one mm. of those games where I want to play it, and I enjoy playing it. I'm incredibly bad at it, though. I'm really not very good but i have enjoyed what i've played of it it's um i mean i played it mostly in docked mode and i didn't see that it was massively worse than the ps4 version but um it, it seemed okay yeah i mean maybe obviously i uh, we were playing rocket league on ps4 pro so it's 4k maybe there it was such a jump that it was more noticeable but i don't know it, it does look like ass but it's still the, the core gameplay is still there it's still really really fun just to you know, shoot <laughs> to drive a ball into a, into a, into a goal. It's yeah, brilliant. I just sat there like my wife was watching The Bachelor or something. Um, I just sat there bashing out six, seven games in Rocket League online, competitive mode. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful time. So yeah, yeah I, 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 but I legit haven't had those the same frame issues. And uh, I yeah, don't I, say I should try I online. I've just playing seasons has been you know sli- you know surprisingly fun actually. But uh, it, the the computer control characters are basically pointless. Um, because they, they don't really do any, they don't do any passing. They don't even score if the ball's in front of the, the goal. Sound like you? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, it's great to <laughs> be playing it because I feel like I'm actually like making it. I'm actually doing something for the team for once. But uh, yeah, I should try to do some online games. Um, other than Rocket League on Switch, I've obviously still still playing a bit of Mario. Still mopping out those moons. Still haven't quite hit 500 moons, but um, I'm I'm getting it. And I'll I'll get there face soon. Um, and I played Dark Souls, of course. I did my first Dark Souls stream this week. Very successful it was too. I had it on in the background yeah. when I was playing uh, um, Star Wars, and I will watch the the, the full footage uh, tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, so I've only, I played for about an hour and a bit, and I've I, that's a bit I had played before. So, um, and I haven't quite got to Taurus Demon uh, in the playthrough I did on Sunday night. Uh, so this is all stuff I've done before. So once I get past that that boss then it'll be it'll be a lot different but um yeah is it had tons of people watching i mean it had a lot of comments in the chat it's hard to <laughs> hard to really make out what was the good advice and what were people just basically trying to troll me i was trying to send you messages of encouragement over xbox but <laughs> yeah yeah thanks for that bit. james i mean i i got that from dave and i was like okay and and then i i swear to god my, my first death just just came before because I saw one of Dave's messages and then I got a few from you and, I was, and then towards the end I wasn't even checking them so I had, like <laughs> you guys messaging me on Xbox Live I had 50,000 messages in the chat saying do this and do that every single one with a different opinion on what I should be doing mostly slagging me off because I couldn't work out the menus 
um, which is my own fault. I get that. I mean, even when I played it the first time, the menus were giving me jip, you know, because you've got to keep pressing B to get out of the menu. And, oh, God, do my nothing. But what was it? Was How do you face here? Yeah? Was that the thing? Well, yeah, that as well. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I said some silly things. Anyway, but um, yeah, the the first Dark Souls stream has happened. I'm going to be streaming uh, every Sunday night from 9 p.m., maybe for like an hour, hour and a bit, whatever. But yeah, Sunday nights on Twitch. Uh, Immediately after Blue Planet Two, go over to Twitch or TV slash Computer Game Show, and I'll be doing some like uh, some Dark Souls. Um, yeah, I mean, so far so good. I'll be enjoying it, but I'm sure I'm going to hit a wall and I'll be hating it. Um, I really hope I do stick it out and and finish it. But um, you, you're, um, uh, what's this? I hope. Well, I'm, I'm well, I, I, I'm, I want to. I'm, I'm pretty pretty dedicated. If I set, set myself a challenge, Mate, but you, both of you, you have it's had. It's going to happen. Yeah, but but both of you. Play, who played Dark Souls and finished Dark Souls? You both had moments um, where you've thought, "Okay, fuck this, I'm going to stop playing." Right? You've had, you had that, didn't you, James? No, I didn't. Okay, because <laughs> if I did, David would have gone nuts. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, different for you. Yeah. I bounced off it a few times over the years, but um, once I put my mind to it, I, I wanted to finish it and get through it. It, it. It's the cliche thing, but it wasn't that hard, even though it has its moments of being brutally hard. And there's one bit which I fucking hate, but. Um, once you get, I mean, I'm talking about every fucking Dark Souls fan of all time here, but like, it's one of the, like once you get into the rhythm of it and you stop the menu, stop being confusing, the equipment stops being confusing, it stops being so you know baffling and esoteric, and you just kind of understand what you're doing, which takes fucking forever. It's way, way, way easier, and yeah. it does still jump and kick your fucking ass, absolutely. But it just becomes like you've played harder games, trust me, and that's such an annoying thing to say but it's just it's just a learning curve thing like it's just there for 20 odd hours of kicking your ass and then it's smooth it's smooth it's still hard but it's just smooth you'll get like i have a hundred percent confidence that if you were as long as you set the time out and you 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 plan to do it it'll happen it'll definitely happen it'll definitely happen just i mean just think matt how you know you did that opening section probably a lot quicker than you did a like when you originally played it. Oh yeah, massively that, quickly, yeah. And that's because you knew what you were doing and you kind of were already kind of in the rhythm of it and you'll get that even more as as the game goes on. Because yeah. the logic starts to click and it, it makes it all makes sense and it, it becomes significantly easier. Because the bit I've only... got to now, um it, I know it's just before the tour Stephen and uh, I, I well I, I famously I guess stopped after I I did I took it took me hours and hours and hours to get Tour Steven done. I quit loads of times. I eventually tried again. I think Dark Souls Series One sort of inspired me to play again. I did eventually kill that tourist team and then went on a bit further and just stopped but uh, yeah i my, my clock is like 12 hours from my previous save and i i basically got to where i am now essentially so and i've got it after an hour so um hopefully that puts me in good stead i, th- I think the capra demon's gonna be the the interesting one for me because that was the one that i yeah i hated that one Fuck it took me guy. so long to, to like to beat it but then also, you see, I want the only the other thing I'm thinking about with this is that you may find that you're going to want to stream it more than once a week, to be honest. Because I, I can't, once you get into a rhythm of it, you want to just keep going with it. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, we'll see how that goes. But yeah. um, but the difference for me is that uh, I, I, it's not like you. I can I can look at guides online. I can min-max or whatnot. I can watch some stuff on YouTube. So I'm not so in the dark as you were for, for Dark Calls, at least. I'll tell you what, I wish that David had pushed me down the line of doing, like, magic or whatever, because those fireballs you were throwing were, like, wiping out that asylum demon. It took me ages to kill that thing with a sword. It was, you know, it was 
Yeah, it Brutal. is good having those fireballs. But once I learn how to equip them and then fire mm. them, um, <laughs> which took me surprisingly long. Um, the trouble is, if I only do one a week, by the time Sunday rolls around, I would have forgotten how the menus work again. So <laughs> that's whatever. exactly the problem I have with Beyond Two Souls. Every time I play it, yeah. yeah. Everyone, your stream starts with. I don't remember where it was last time, but I'll let. But let's start anyway. Yeah, so Dark Souls. So far, I'm enjoying it. Although it was a, it was a massive, it, it, was, it was massively stressful. I was like all weekend, I was worried about it. And then the stream was really successful, and then I couldn't sleep about two hours afterwards because I was so pumped. Um, but yeah, ne- uh, this this coming Sunday nine o'clock, get get on Twitch and watch me fail at Dark Souls, and that's pretty much all I've been playing this week. Obviously, uh, apart from Fire Emblem uh, Heroes, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, so emails, James. Okay, um, if you want to email us, it's uh, the Computer Game Show at gmail.com. And the first one we got is an interesting email, and uh, I'll read through. It says, we have here, Hi lads, uh, this email is going to make me sound like a massive c- uh, taking a personal okay. <laughs> pot at James Farley. But it is not the case. It's a genuine request for information. I'm currently thinking about returning to education to do a master's with the possibility of going into a PhD. I've been shelving the idea for a couple of years. I'm 10 years out of college. My student self feels like a past life, and I don't know if I could reacclimatize to it. Add to that, I have doubts about whether I have the drive and chops for it, especially a doctorate. Anyway, I've met uh, any, uh, anyone I've met who holds a PhD is usually a pretty formidable person, driven, inquisitive, coherent, and in some cases mildly imitate, intimidating. They seem to be the ones who are sort of destined for it all their lives. They were near top of the class in school, always academically minded, and very few of them spent much of their precious time messing around with frivolous things like those which are dear to my own heart, such as computer games. Which brings me neatly on to James Farley. I listen to TCGS every week, and I'm routinely baffled. James, I'm sorry, but I just don't get it. As far as I can see, there are two possibilities here. You either got a counterfeit qualification from China, and your whole life is a lie, or you have some kind of dual personality, alter ego situation going on. You can't be bothered with the huge workload of reading a few tweets every week. You sigh and moan about how inconvenient it is to collate a couple of news articles. You complain about the word count of an email from the esteemed Joshua Garrity of Cain and Rince, as if reading, it, reading its words is akin to running uphill. The shambolic figure who can't seem to construct a well-reasoned argument to save his life can't seriously be the same person who successfully defended a doctoral thesis, who writes up peer-reviewed research article and corrects mountains of student assignments. It doesn't add up. Is there another rigorous, vigorous and hugely professional James Farley that we the listeners and your fellow podcasters don't see? I hope the answer to that question is no, because if so, it gives me hope that I myself could actually have a real go at going back and making a success of something which I always thought was beyond me. Your loyal listener and big fan, James, although it won't seem it. Tony Fentoni. Okay, um, this is an interesting email because the reason it's interesting is because the answer is obviously yes, because of course my professional life is nothing like this nonsense. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I do this podcast because I enjoy having a laugh and talking about games, and I don't, I don't really think about bringing the professional side of my life into this because, to be honest, it's a bit of an escape, and it's somewhere where I, I could not be bothered and just mess around. That's one of the things I enjoy about doing this. I do it because I love games, and I figured it was pretty clear that this whole thing is just for fun, anyway. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, right? I mean, if if the listeners don't understand it's very tongue-in-cheek and you're super as james i mean no offense james it's um <laughs> you know it's like fit to think about it i mean clearly james isn't gonna be this dumb in real life because <laughs> well it's, it's <laughs> well i mean no yeah so i mean yeah tony come on and i mean if anything this email just makes me think i don't know if you should go 
back to, to I don't think you should get a doctorate, Tony. I'm not sure. If you haven't quite realised that this clearly is not 100% serious, then there's probably bigger issues there. Yeah, just messing around, you know. It's, yeah, um, we're we're just know. recording a podcast. I mean, I mean do, sure, do you really think James I'd makes spend... mistakes every week. Sure, he's not the <laughs> brightest tool in the box. Sure, he can't bother to read emails. Sure, he can't bother the show. Sure, he Stay hates tweets. Okay, okay, you, you but, made the point. But, yeah. <laughs> but apart from all that, he's very different out of the podcast. Yeah, to- totally different. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So but, different, yeah. baby. So different. <laughs> Thanks for the correspondence, yeah. Tony. Yeah, but yeah, if you're thinking of going back, you know, yeah, give it a go. But yeah, do you see so you, you want to do a Masters first? So yeah, go for that. Um, okay, next we've got uh, What a Week of Streaming Gold. We've had Beyond Two Souls, uh, Call of Duty, and the record breaking Prepare to Smash Screams. Uh, streams. Screams? Scream. I'm doing it again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just wanted to know if you could stream a retro game from the 16 bit era, uh, what would it be? I was thinking either a speedrun of Mario World or an F Zero tournament. Congratulations to Matt for breaking multiple streaming records. For example, the longest time on Dark Souls with the menu on. Uh, keep up the excellent right. content, and that's from Oodles. Yes, the menu, the menu has been on a long time, but um, 16-bit era. I mean, God, there's so much gold, isn't there? Well, there is for you because you haven't played hardly any of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's not. I had a, I had a Mega Drive, just didn't have a SNES. Yeah. I'd like to see you try a speed run in Mario World. That'll take yeah, you longer than be... Dark Souls. I'd yeah. like to play. I don't do a speed run. Just finishing Mario World on its own would be would be fine. So, are the other is our Mario World like a far harder game than say Odyssey? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'd say I imagine so. it must yeah. be right. Yeah, definitely. Although, like, apparently the end the ending stuff to of Odyssey is hard, but um, yeah, Mario Mario World gets hard about halfway through, and then gets pretty brutal when you get into the most special the, stuff. Most of the two D Mario games are significantly harder, I think, than three D. Yeah, it's um, yeah, they're more difficult. But good. Uh, if I could stream a sixteen bit game, probably Rise Star. I'd love that on the Mega Drive. Does that ring a bell? It does, yeah. That was yeah. one. That was a late Mega Drive game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that I love that. Came out right at the end of the. the if line. it was eight um, bit, then it will be the Master System game called Putt and Putter, which is basically a mixture of pinball and uh, pitch and putt golf. I play that so much; it's an incredible game if you if you've got a Master System. I go for the Ninja on the Master System. Did you ever play that? No. It was one of those budget releases, but it was actually it was pretty good. I, I, some... I, I know what a cover looked like. It's one of the ones where it's just like those white. Um, the white grid, doesn't it? And then just yeah. literally said the word ninja. Yeah, brilliant. With some throwing stars. You know, yeah, I remember that cover. Thing. But yeah, it was Classic. it was only a tenner. It was um, but it had banging music, so you know it was good. I mean, I would I would like to stream. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to because I don't have this, this stuff. But um, I remember Alice Kid America World being pretty tough. It was that, and... that game took me several years to finish. Yeah, and and that was just like the rocks, the paper, scissors, stone. At, uh, yeah. for, for, for there was for an the act to it, huh? there, there was an act to it. You could, yeah, you could, you could get through that. It's not too difficult. Well, I was just trying to beat him at paper, scissors, stone. Yeah, I remember that game being so hard. Um, it was ridiculous, but. What are you, John? The system was great. Well, I streamed. I did stream the um, the SNES Mini when I got it. Uh, oh, yeah. I streamed everything on there. Uh, that was quite good fun, but it also made me realise that streaming old games like that is quite stressful because some of them were brutally difficult and people were abusing me <laughs> for being bad at them. Oh, <laughs> like and ghosts. And um, yeah, so I don't know in terms of like a dream stream. I guess what would make a good stream is I've never played Super Metroid, so I think that would be oh. a good stream for me for me to do that. So I may do that at some point. Uh, I've had to take a break from streaming myself just because uh, like, workload's been insane. 
unfortunately. But um, that may be a good reason to jump back into it at some point. I would definitely play that game. It's it's a it is a it's an all timer. It, yeah, I'm, ba- really, I'm basically waiting so for it to to come out on the Switch. Like it's going to happen eventually. So yeah, when mm-hmm. it does, then it's getting played. Yeah, it's such a good time. Uh, uh, how great. how often have you played your Snares Mini since getting it, and do you see yourself playing it ever again? Uh, well, I don't have it anymore, so it's not. I'm not going to play okay. it. Uh, very- <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, it was it, basically after that day, it had just been in a drawer for ages. I thought the kids would enjoy it, and they did. I stuck it on for Elliot, and he loved it. But the, it's so stupid, like, to play it in the front room where I'd set it up, he'd have to sit on the floor because the cables were so short, or what he was doing was trying to sit on the sofa and yanking everything out because uh, he's six. So the cables are too short, which is a really stupid reason to have to sell a console. But I was like, well, yeah, nobody's going to sit on the floor and play this in the front room. If I set it up in my office back here, that's not going to happen. There's all the HDMI slots are full. This isn't interesting. I sold it. That's it. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Next email. Okay. Uh, hi, Traps. Here's a list of first-party titles that I think could appear on Switch in the next two years to build on this year's momentum. Uh, what do you think the chances are? So this is uh, yeah, this is an edited email from last week. Uh, first of all, we've got uh, 2D Mario games have needed a visual update for years as the new Super Mario Brothers styling was never iconic. Uh, reboot them as Super Mario Brothers 4 or Super Mario World 2, and I think this could be a big, high-profile release for them. What do you think? Do you think we're going to see some more, like, another 2D Mario release? Yeah, the um, others were massive, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, uh, it's going to happen eventually, mm-hmm. like, sooner rather than later. I thought whether it ties directly into Mario Maker, whether it is Mario Maker, or whether it's a, a full-on adventure, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. I mean, those games, they just, yeah, they just make bank, don't they? And they can't, they can't be hugely expensive to produce either. Mm-hmm. So were people not really a fan of the new Super Mario Bros. graphical style? Because I've heard loads of people comment about that. What was wrong with it exactly? It's it's a weird one because it looks really nice. Like even back on the Wii U, like to look at from a distance, like the resolution and everything like that. But for me, there was just something a little off about it. Like I don't mm-hmm. know. Like all the little characters, all the enemies, they'll stop and dance along to the music, and then I don't know what it was. Like they, that is a new Super Mario Brothers U is a very very decent 2D Mario game it's one of the better ones it's but, excellent it's yeah. one of, I'd say it's one of the best yeah, uh, um, yeah I'll go along with that but it was just something a little off about it in terms of character it didn't have the same like compared to mm-hmm. Odyssey a completely different game of course but just that charm that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. that for me just didn't have it and then Mario World which is just like just charm just bleeds off the screen um, it didn't have that so I get what uh, this guy's saying but um, yeah sort of mechanically in terms of gameplay that game is really really good so uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, maybe, there maybe will Mario definitely Maker. be two D Mario things on, mm. on on Switch. I can't believe. I mean, it, I mean, those things sold so much. It'll, it's so like, yeah, easy. Well, they got. I mean, with Mario Maker, they got that online app as well that they can do stuff with. You know, oh, of course, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he also suggests uh, Me Sports Two. Yes, I, I would, but I would pay. I would pay anything to get either the the you know the the the, the original Wii Sports games out on mm. switch I'll i'd love definitely. to see that because they they were brilliant games and it, it would fit so well especially i mean even with like you know being able to take it around wherever you want and you know just play a bit of bowling or whatever yeah it'd, it'd be, be great be to play like bowling on the train like just have it on, on <laughs> yeah, the table down the aisle, that's genius <laughs> yeah. Yeah, down the aisle, yeah. yeah that'd be brilliant no, I, I, I would definitely buy you know the original wii sports and wii sports 2 and if there's a an, another sequel i would be all over that mm-hmm. i'd reckon they've got that um yeah in a pocket somewhere to, to to bring out when they need it. It's easy, isn't it? Because they just call it Switch Sports. You know, it's, mm. it's, yeah, it yeah. sounds all right. You know, it's, they've got the yeah, whole yeah. thing there. Yeah. 
Okay, then he says, uh, seeing, seeing their characters now visually gel in Smash America 8 makes me wonder if a Nintendo All-Stars RPG could work. Uh, Nintendo Land launches at Universal Studios soon. Is there a tie-in game with that? Uh, they've put complex mechanics into Breath of the Wild and Odyssey now. Uh, could Inklings, uh, Diddy Kong, Mario and Zelda share a universe? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it, could, it could happen, but I don't know. It just sounds like a, a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd be surprised if that game ever came out. Yeah. The next, though, I think we we got here the proposed ability to play classic titles for a month as part of the online service could be the year's surprise hit. Original Mario Kart races against your friends, F Zero GX Online. Uh, I can see that being a big event for our nostalgic uh, generation and tied in with the vir- uh, virtual console cleverly. But they've changed it now. They've changed it now, haven't they? So you don't just get it for a month. Well, no, we don't really. Yeah, they've said that, but we don't. We still yeah. don't really know what they're doing. Like with this, it's. It, it, I. I mean, I personally think that virtual console's gone. I think that they're probably going to. It do is weird like that they where... haven't. They wouldn't have already said something about it. Yeah, it's especially um... with this announcement about them selling games for a month and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I guess we won't hear anything now until E three. I mean. I should think so. What do you think, John? Um, I'm sure they'll do a direct earlier, early in the year to talk about what's coming up, I would have thought. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the virtual console, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think it'll be branded that regardless. But yeah, I think they're still trying to figure out exactly how they're going to deliver it, whether it's going to be a subscription service tied into the online, but uh, all, all that sort of stuff. But he's right. If they can, especially if they bring in the GameCube stuff and they put some online, like F-Zero GX, and I mean, that, that, that then suddenly becomes like the Xbox One X with the, the backwards compatibility stuff we were talking about mm-hmm. there. Suddenly you've got these enhanced old versions, which is uh, potentially like, yeah, real, really, really important for them. And, you know, people will buy those old Nintendo games. They've been doing it for a long Absolutely. time. Yeah. And then the last suggestion he's got is Star Fox Adventures 2. Uh, he says, got slated at the time, rightly so, but a sci-fi game where you go and explore the universe, that could be cool. They need another franchise with the scope of Zelda in this day and age. Perhaps it's an expanded version of Star Fox. I think that's highly unlikely, because Star Fox has been not very good for quite a long time now. And yeah. I, I, I don't think they're going to go back to that. I again. don't think they're good. They, like, it's sort of two two points in one there, isn't it? I never played Star Fox Adventure, mm. so like, I, I, you know, by all accounts, it wasn't great, but I never played it. But... um. To put it to another franchise, the scope of Zelda is, you know, that's genuine financial risk. Mm-hmm. Where it's boring to talk about stuff like that. You want to talk about the art, but you know, realistically, the businesses. I don't think they'd yeah. ever produce a game of that scope that isn't one of their established, um, you know, IPs because it's too risky. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember playing Star Fox because I, I played it on the uh, on the GameCube, and uh, it was it was quite disappointing because it it was kind of sold as being like a sort of a Zelda style game. Uh, in the Star Fox universe, but because it was originally Dinosaur Planet and then it was like, adapted, but uh, it it wasn't that great. It was um, well, yeah, was the original Star Fox ever any good? The yes. first one was, well, yeah, yeah. The well, Star Fox sixty four was, was, yeah, was yeah, very good as well. Them, yeah, yeah. yeah Star well, Fox why was, was the second one called Lilac Wars and not Star Fox Two, whatever? For for legal reasons, it was because um, they couldn't call it Star Fox in in uh, the UK yeah. or in Europe, I think, because something else had the name. So it was Star Wing, and wasn't it? The the first it became Star Wing, yeah. and then the second one was Lilac Wars, and mm. uh, yeah, they did that. It was a bit odd, but so they were quite good games, though. I mean, they were they were yeah. good, like yeah, yeah, on rail sure. shooters. Did you did you play the Wii U one, John? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a fucking difficult game to play. Yeah, I, it was, I, yes. I wanted to like it, but then I realised it was a crock of shit. Yeah, uh, with a nice bizarre good. control system. Uh, yeah, the, the, didn't they like do a a very relatively recent version of Pilot Wings. Was that on the 3DS? 3DS one. I liked it. Yeah, 
That was yeah, the was first game good. I played with that um, No Glasses 3D as well, which was yeah. at the time kind of mind blowing. I can see him that's doing another Apple version. That's another series I'd like to see. Yeah, come I, back, I do but... like Pilot Wings a lot. Okay, uh, we got some tweets. Um, if you want to tweet us, it's at Computer Game Pod on Twitter. Athena Allen says, uh, "With Matt now fully on board the Dark Souls train, how long until his first major roadblock?" I'm thinking Capra. I I agree with that. So how far into the game is Capra Demon? Not that far. Mm. Not f- a bit yeah. after the Taurus Demon, wasn't it? Taurus. You got Taurus, then you got um, you know guys on the roof, and then you got uh, Capra in terms of the boss. Right. And then potentially Butterfly as well before that. So is Capra wider regardless as... Is it one hardest or one of the most frustrating? It's a load of fucking shit is what it is, Matt. It's a load it of is, fucking yeah. shit it's, and you'll find out very insane. soon. It's insane. And it's one of those ones that when I did it, I still felt like I'd done it kind of by luck when I, when I caught it. It's one of those things that it, when it was... people try and justify it or apologise for it, I just know that that's not a person I ever need to spend time thinking about or talking to because they're <laughs> just, just flagrantly it's also, wrong. It's, it's not just that. It's not just fighting the Capra Demon. It's also the run-up to it as well, yep. which is ridiculous it's um it, yeah it, that's the only point in the game where i felt like it was pretty unfair to be honest it was it was not so good did you do the Is run it, up from the top or from the bottom from the bottom okay oh, yeah. not too bad yeah it was the dogs though wasn't it the dogs oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i don't even like a whole day of my life whole day of my life wasted yeah, more than once the thing I it's more stressful for me because i'll be doing i'll be streaming it as well if i was maybe at home yeah. i could it, I mean, well, I, I will be at home. I'll definitely yeah. be at home. But if I was just playing it on my own, it would be a little bit different. But yeah, with it's, like hundred people yeah, plus it, like, watching it, me do it's it, it's going to be like, brutal. Oh, but there is a way if you choose that path that will make it a lot easier for you. But uh, okay. a yeah. million people will tell you what that path is in the comments while you play. So I don't need to <laughs> yeah. tell you what it is. Now. I look forward I'll, to. I'll that. send you some messages over at Xbox Live. To, <laughs> uh, please, don't, to, please don't do it. Yeah, immediately <laughs> as he's playing, as he's fighting the Capri. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Rikaku Police says, uh, "What's your fate? What's your perfect Christmas day?" Oh, blimey! Uh, just, I don't know. Just like playing some games. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I've got kids now, so it's all about them. You know, yeah. you, you, you make sure the kids have a good time, eat some grub. Maybe I don't. I haven't played video games on Christmas Day for a long time, apart from with them. So mm-hmm. I know. I, I guess the question is like, you know. Back in the day, I got like Tomb Raider and FIFA '97 on the same day. Oh, yeah. Street Fighter Two, really my snares, I played, and just played it all day. Yeah, Tomb Raider on Saturn, yeah. so good. Yeah, I remember but, getting Resident Evil One for the Saturn, and like just went upstairs and played it all day. That's, I mean, those were amazing Christmas. That's what it's all about. Yeah, for yeah. for, for, for us as a family. breed, that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's not even in a nasty way. You just got stuff to do. Yeah. You got you got work to put in. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Now it's like cooking, well, sorting out the kids and cooking, and mm. then like you could know, you imagine how bad? Sorry to, to to talk over you. That was awful for me. But could you imagine how bad your Christmas day would be if you <laughs> if you got a game and sat and played it all day? Now the actual reality of the other people around you with your family and kids there, but you just ignored them all and sat and <laughs> yeah. played the game all day. Can you imagine how awful that day would be? Oh like, my no, god! I'm playing Switch. Yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> so I'm playing. I'm streaming Dark Souls. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Horrendous. Um, I haven't played this before. Just yeah. be- <laughs> you don't understand it. Yeah. Um, just uh, eat, yeah. Sorry. Uh, you know, make sure the kids are happy eating, drinking. That's, that's it, really. No in-laws. <laughs> Get the kids drinking. Yeah. <laughs> kids drinking. <laughs> They're in the corner. Are we playing Resident Evil One upstairs on the sand? <laughs> See, my son has started asking every day at the moment if it's Christmas, and uh, yeah, to keep saying no, it's not. It's not for several months yet. Several <laughs> months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's only May. 
<laughs> when do you have Christmas in your house anyway? Because I'm assuming it, the date changes every year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you have to c- yeah. create like? Do you create like custom calendars? So all See, it was my dad. It, seriously, it was my dad that started that. Oh, it's his like, when, tradition. No, no, because he did that to me. Like when I, when I was a kid, when I was like really young, he I asked him like all the time, like when it was Christmas, and he just said it's not, it's not, and then he just didn't tell me and said it was Christmas Day, and he, then I said, is it Christmas? And he went, yeah, and that was it. <laughs> Great <laughs> story. There was no no build up, you know. Hang he on, didn't want... surely you saw like decorations and you had advent calendars and stuff. There wasn't no. They put them up on the day. It was what? Um, no. We are yeah. talking bullshit. It's not honestly. You can ask him. It was well, um, get him on the phone. On the phone. <laughs> <laughs> what, nothing until Christmas Day, and then like they no, spent because they put the, the, the decorations up. See, I don't I don't remember the details of that, but oh, I do remember you? it just being because uh, I, t- I was talking to him about it the other day actually because because <laughs> I asked him like you know why did you do that and he just said. He said it was annoying when I was so excited. So, oh, so God, he just he wanted totally to like, sounds like your dad. To like oh, dampen yeah. it down a bit, you know. It was. Uh, oh, yeah. that's shot. Are you going to do it to your kids this year? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. They can't. You can't anyway, can you? Because it's all over school all the time. You know, it's. Um, but surely yeah. it's all over your school. When you anyway, sorry. No, this is before I went to school. It was. Uh, oh, okay. When I was little, but yeah. Anyway, well, okay, that was an insight. No, it really was. Yeah, the James Farley origin story is going to be such a good movie. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> Andre Gershwin says, uh, "Can you please talk about anything but EA? I just don't listen to any podcast anymore that have that as our main topic." Uh, I guess he's well, not even going to hear this. Uh, no, part of the podcast. Just, so <laughs> we'll have switched off already. Yeah. So, never mind. Sorry, Except we want King. now, He's not going to listen up yours. Next question. True. <laughs> Says, if you're still playing Destiny 2 regularly, how do you feel the end game holds up? A large section of the community feels it's lacking compared to Destiny 1 due to an absence of meaningful rewards, no quality of life patches, and almost total emphasis on cosmetics. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, case in point, I know there's a lot of problems once you get like past raid, there's nothing to do, but you know, at least stuff's coming in a few weeks, so I understand those complaints. My personal issue is got to raid ready on playstation had no one to play with i moved to xbox i'm trying to get myself raid ready to play with people and have to sit there once the reset happens i i I clear everything i get my engrams to be able to up my light and i've just got to sit there till next tuesday to be able to do it again it's stupid because i want to play the game but i literally can't there's no point in playing it because i've done all this content it's not like i can enjoy the content i've done it all before and i'm not going to be able to get to the point where i can do the thing i want to do with my friends who are sort of itching for me to get to that level until the weekly reset, it's a bizarre, a bizarre system. There, there, there's a roadblock to get you from the end game, and then once you get to the end game, once you've done the raid, there's seemingly nothing to do. So, there's new content coming in a few weeks, but it does seem like they've made some major missteps. And it's interesting because they've delivered more actual physical content to play, but there's people out there who played the same small amount of stuff on Destiny just because they knew they could get some weird little thing and it's just that base part of the brain that we've talked about plenty of times in this episode already and Destiny 2 in being less cynical perhaps in being less insidious almost even though there's not really that much money involved um, in terms of microtransactions for this sort of stuff it's actually missed what people loved about the first game which is yeah people just sure want that, about that it feels like they've improved they've given us all the things we wanted they, they've improved it and they refined it to a point where they've refined it and they've removed the mystery yeah i mean i yeah, yeah. For, but isn't know, that, that that's what i'm that, that that's that base thing that, that hunt for that yeah. mystery that there but yeah sorry yeah i listen to podcasts because i what i tried to work out what's happening in the game what i had to do what the best 
weapon is or your best in this that and the other but i mean i i i do i will go back to destiny obviously those things have come out recently and i still need to get to raid raid level but i'm just what i'm it's confused me i just haven't really it hasn't got me like the previous one did uh hopefully i'll i'll keep playing and eventually get to a level where we can do can do the raid because i know the raid will be fantastic fun uh, but I, I don't really I haven't played Destiny for a long time I haven't mm. even logged into Caesar, so there's no point no his weapons See, are I've shit I've finished it and keep meaning to go back to it but I just haven't yet I, I will but it's uh, yeah, just I can see myself time. with more time playing it over Christmas so uh, and mm-hmm. I've said that about 40 games already so. <laughs> yeah no it's, it's... <laughs> So I've got to I've got to pay Beyond Two Souls so yeah well, well, <laughs> not playing that, Destiny that'd be what that'd be done in a week surely I hope so. Anyway, uh, next we got Progress Lost says, "Are you still playing Fortnite?" I played a bit this week. Yeah, it's it's still really really fun. I I don't know why I put it on, but I've had a couple of rounds. I'm I can't wait for PUBG. Uh, and I thought, okay, well this Battle is the closest <laughs> Battlegrounds. This is the closest I'm going to get. So, um, but yeah, I'm very excited about PUBG. Oh, Jim Park Battlegrounds. Battlegrounds. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I played a bit. Fortnite's still fun. Yeah, I haven't Still played it for a couple fun. of weeks, but um, well, I actually went to play it yesterday, but uh, one of our crew didn't have it downloaded on his Xbox. But yeah, I'm up for it. It's a fantastic game. And then yeah. uh, PUBG is coming. So uh, yeah, I'm excited like for that too. Although I have a feeling I might end up liking Fortnite more. Whoa. But, uh, well, well it's, it, yeah, you can't say that because you haven't played PUBG. So. Uh, well, I have because I've have, played yeah. on PC plenty, but I know what you mean. Good point. Next question. Tendo, oh, I'll just no, because it's just that PUBG bollocks again. I'm just, oh, anyway, don't worry about it, I'm and just, then it won't bother you. Yeah, I know, but it does bother me. It I, just sounds it, annoying. Some places are saying it for like nineteen quid now. Get on that; it's gonna be amazing. Okay, Tendo Pete says, "I've just, I've recently just picked up Rocket League on Switch and having so much fun with it. As you lot have played it a lot before, could you possibly give any tips for a novice player like myself?" Uh, thanks in advance. Uh, love the podcast. Well, you've my come to tip, the right place. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm I'm the best for this game. Um, my only tips and something I did when I got the version for Switch is I I changed the field of view so it's massive. Mm-hmm. I changed. I put the camera as high back as possible, as high as possible, and as far back as possible. You see much more of the pitch that way, and you can anticipate things a lot easier. Uh, that, that's why I do anyway. Uh, uh, they they that's good tips. I am not good at Rocket League, you know, so to take anything with a pinch of salt the thing I would say is as early as you can once you've got the hang of driving about and you can just generally play um, is try and learn to fly as quickly as possible uh, I still haven't really it's still you know after however many hours I've played Rocket League I didn't bother trying for ages because you're playing an online game it's stressful because you basically you're, you're committing yourself to playing awfully for a number of matches in a row but basically fuck your teammates learn to fly and then you'll get better at the game very quickly and then suddenly you'll be good I would highly yeah, recommend. Yeah, to fly. yeah. I mean, it's that. That's it. You watch the pros play, and they're basically never on the ground. And obviously, yeah. I'm never expecting to get anywhere close to that. But at the same time, I I think I plateaued in Rocket League for for a long time. The only way I'm going to break through is to um is to learn to fly. And that's another thing about the Switch version is that I don't because I'm basically playing online, but on my own. I don't. I'm not like letting Dave down or letting you down or whoever I'm playing with down. It's just randos. So. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to learn to fly, you know, and if we lose, they can hate me, but like, what are yeah, they going to do? Point, Send me a Mario icon. Like, I don't care. Uh, Mark says, uh, I can't decide between PSVR or a Switch. As an owner of both, which would you go for? I've got a PS4 Pro, no commute that I could play a Switch on, but also two kids, five and three. Thanks. Yeah, there's anyone an answer, isn't it? It's a Switch. Easy. I mean, yeah, I love I my PSVR, but yeah, the Switch. I mean, you'll love it. Your kids will love it. Um, 
it doesn't matter if you haven't got a commute, you know, if you if you like me and maybe your wife might watch TV for an hour or two after, you know, in the evening, I can sit back in an armchair and play games before I get the TV to myself. Yeah. So yeah, the Switch is and just kids a, love a fantastic. It. Yeah, definitely. It, it's one of the best consoles ever. Like it's an amazing yeah. machine. Five and three as well, yeah. P- perfect hatred. It's become kind of like my default console now. I use it most of the time over everything else mm. just because it, it, it fits in with everything mm-hmm. like, much better than anything else does. It's um yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I was I mean I was just looking at my menu like how many games I've got, it's kind of ridiculous. I never thought when I I mean I wasn't even gonna buy this when it came out. And it's just the amount of stuff that I've sort of accumulated over the year has been it's been yeah, a same. really good year it's for it. And like the novelty of you know playing either handheld or Doctor TV, it still, it still surprises me. It's still brilliant. I'm like, I I like I don't have to wait to go home. I can play this amazing game like like Mario Odyssey. I can play it on the move. I can play it at home. It's just it feels like two consoles in one. It's it's fantastic. So absolutely get a Switch. Although I haven't said that, I have seen amazing PSVR bundles in on this Black Friday week. Like stop confusing him, Matt. Sorry, I mean get, get a Switch. <laughs> Stanchel says, uh, John, how are you finding ARMS since the three, uh, 3.0 and 4.0 updates? It has reju- uh, rejuvenated the game for me, especially Mandingo. Uh, please talk about ARMS. A great game in a great year for games, that, but it is easily forgotten. The middle child in a talented and <laughs> handsome family. It's William Baldwin. Uh, well, it's a- I mean, <laughs> the character is absolutely not called Mandingo. It's called Missango. I mean, Jesus. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Missango well, is the character's called? name. Missango. Um, Arms is yeah, I mean Jesus. This is a Mandingo, but yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Mandingo. It's the I mean the 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 sort of the slave name. Yeah, it's it's definitely not called that. That would be a, a slightly controversial. Oh, okay, hand. So Mandingo is a bad name. Uh, it's not, but I wouldn't call a character that in my silly long arms fighting game that. <laughs> The name of the slave bare knuckle boxer. No, no, I probably wouldn't call my character that in my okay. DLC. Um, but, I, but I was going to call the podcast that, so you're saying I shouldn't. Okay, yeah. I won't. I won't. Okay. But I'm so, glad you uh, warned me. I was, that would have been the name, and I would have been in shit. My, my boy and I played um, a bit of uh, version 4 briefly to play with uh, um, Misango. It seems like another excellent character joining. Uh, Lola Pop and Max Brass, really good sort of post-release uh, content drops on this game um, in a similar way to, to what Nintendo have done with Splatoon and Splatoon 2. And it's still absolutely um, probably in my top three or four games of the year. Uh, just a, an absolutely fantastic fighting game. Um, I've talked loads about this game. I've produced videos about why it's one of the most bizarrely realistic fighting games you'll you find out there. It's all to do with lateral movement and uh, psychology. Um you, 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 I'm talking to someone who's played the game and, and loves the game as well, Stenchel. So yeah, it's the realest of real deals. And if you've missed the boat on arms, then um, get it. it. It's such a great game. Such a great game. You play with a joypad though. Don't play with the fucking swing your hands about. Jesus. Um, that's it for questions, isn't it, James? That's it, yeah. That's it. Um, thank you ever so much for anyone who's sent in a question this week. Uh, if you want to tweet, it's at Computer Game Pod on Twitter, or you can email us. Uh, as James said earlier, it's the Computer Game Show at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitch. James is doing Beyond Two Soul streams. Are you streaming this week, James? Uh, yeah, I should be, yeah. So James, sh- James should be streaming this week. I'll be doing my Dark Souls thing from 9 o'clock on Sunday night, so go over to twitch.tv slash computer game show uh, to follow us there and, and do all that good stuff. We're also on Facebook. The podcast on every single podcast service known to man. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be amazing. Uh, and that is it. Uh, thank you ever so much, John, for coming on this week. Pleasure. Uh, got anything to plug? 
Uh, yeah, if you want to watch those videos I was talking about on YouTube, just uh, my name, John Denton without the H on YouTube. And I'm going to start writing articles again, um, just myself on, on Medium. If people know what Medium is, it's basically like a social app for, for articles for writing. So I'm going to put an article out, out tomorrow about Assassin's Creed, similar stuff to what we talked about on the show. And then, yeah, just, uh, you know, just keep my writing going. And, uh, you know, I've done it professionally forever. And, uh, yeah, go and check me out there. Uh, 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 John Denton Twitter. John Denton Twitter. Enjoy it. Follow. Is your medium like John? Is it just like medium slash John Denton? I'm pretty sure it's John Denton 22, which is my okay, other sweet. normal name. But, yeah. but, but no doubt you'll tweet out the link to it anyway. Exactly. Tweet that. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, uh, tweet that. Okay, uh, thank you so much, John, and uh, we'll see you uh, next week. Dave, I'll be back to um, to host, but in the meantime, thanks for living it. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.